0: Hey, this is Bill Mosley, Otis Driftwood, and Chop Top Sawyer, and you're listening to Without Your Head.
1: Of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. Yeah, uh, the terrible one. Troy will be here later, but it's actually his uh, 30th anniversary with his uh, with his girlfriend. So they're out. But I'm joined by the returning Bob Elmore. It's been a long time since I've talked to Bob.
2: How are you doing, Neil? How's everybody out that way?
1: I'm good. I'm very good. Good. Yeah. yeah. So. Very how good. Are you? Yeah. How, how are you doing? I know you. You know you didn't have a very good last couple of years
2: no you know you're right and it's been it's been tough uh to get through all that i'm moving on uh, as far as uh, almost everything um uh, i just got married last saturday to a beautiful woman that i met who helped me through uh a lot of the stuff i was going through and before we even we even met she was helping me through emails and phone calls and stuff and We got together and finally, you know, I said, well, heck, let's get married. And we did.
1: I did not know that. Well, congratulations.
2: Well, thank you very much. Yeah.
1: So you met her online?
2: Met her online and we were just talking through emails about, you know, my situation. And she kind of came from the same background and, and understood a lot of what I was going through. And, you know, uh. And it was just great to find somebody who understood, you know, and mm-hmm. so I could so I could get, you know, I could get through all that, and uh, and she did, and we got together, and we love being together. We, you know, we love traveling, and we've done that. We're going to do a lot more of that. And uh, so I said, well, let's. Will you marry me? And she said yes. So.
1: Mm, well excellent! I, yeah, I was done with. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of traveling, I saw you uh, You have some conventions coming up. Uh, I
2: gotta, uh, I'm going to be going to New, the New Jersey Horror Con in uh, uh, Atlantic City uh, in uh, September. Uh, I'm going go to go to Niagara Falls in October for a, a show. And then I'm going to go to Germany in November. Um, across the way, Kane Hodder is going to be there. You know, Kane's everywhere, but... Mm-hmm. going to be there and uh, that's it for this year and then I'm going to Hawaii in January. We are and uh mm-hmm. we'll see what happens after that.
1: Yeah, huh. very cool. Now, I know you've been to Germany before.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Then uh yeah. it seems like the horror fans in Germany uh they love horror and I think they especially love uh Texas Chainsaw.
2: They they're just some of the most uh you know, I I don't know how to describe them. They're they're so into the horror genre that it's 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 unbelievable, and they're true fans. And I still am in contact with uh, a family that I met, you know, about three or four years ago, and uh, they're going to come to the show in November, and so we're going to have dinner and drink some beer.
1: Yeah. And I understand the beer is much different than the beer in the States.
2: Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Let me tell you, I, was, I did a show in Rotterdam, Holland, and the Heineken is just exquisite. I mean, mm-hmm. it was really good. And then I got to spend time in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and the Guinness, which is different than sold here in the States, mm-hmm. is it was just, I, I can't describe it. It was so good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, and they, they don't drink it ice cold there? They drink it
3: warm?
2: They drink, no, it's sort of cold. It's not real ice okay. cold, but it's, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, they have these great events where you can get uh, a Guinness and then uh, Jameson's, you know, on the side. Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah that's a good deal. I just got that my I drink pass- a lot.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I just got my passport, so I'm going to England for the first time. In, Good. Uh, Good for you. Later on this this month, actually. So uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I've never been cool. out of the United States
2: before. Uh, you know, it's, it, you, I think everybody should go. It's an experience. You you tend to uh, uh, appreciate what you got at home, but still, mm-hmm. I've never come across too many people that were not gracious and kind. You know, and yeah. um, so. Uh, you know, you're an oddity, but, you know, they're pretty good about it, at least especially if you wear shorts, so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wear shorts almost all the time. I think you do, that's too.
2: A, me yeah. do, too. I do, and, and that's what, you know, I had people staring at me and, and kind of, you know, I, so I walked over and said, "What what, what what's going on? How are you? And, and, well, we never see people in shorts. I go, where are you from? I go, well, I'm from California. <laughs> ah, Okay. <laughs> And I had a an experience of walking walking across the street in Belfast, and the guy coming and goes, "Are uh, you from California?" And I said, "What?" And he goes, "Well, you have shorts and flip flops on." Oh yeah, absolutely, I am.
1: <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, some well, I, I would uh, I would some I wouldn't even think about being odd.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so and that's that's been really neat. You know, you know, I mean, with all the with all the stuff I went through and then I had, you know, I had some good trips and stuff and, um, all that, but I, you know, got out of my house. Uh, I, I, my wife, uh, her name is Merley is, uh, we have an apartment and a little place that she made into a great home mm-hmm. and we're going to operate out of here. And, you know, like I said, we're going to be do a lot more traveling and, and just, you know, relaxing. I'm retired, so I don't have to do nothing.
1: Uh, uh-huh. uh, so, you know. Uh, I know uh, next year is the 45th anniversary of the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. Uh, yeah, I think yours was maybe the 32nd or, or something like that. But um, right. uh, do, do all the people from all the different Texas Chainsaw Massacres, it seems like you guys kind of all know each other a little bit. Like, there's I, a, is there a common bond between all of you?
2: Oh, it, this, the franchise is the bond. You know, and it's, uh, especially one and two. The uh, One, you know, I can't believe how bad they, you know, were treated and got screwed on that original movie.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
2: you know, and then two, yeah, we, they tried to kill us, too. But, you know, it, they're, they're very nice. You know, and like I've said before, I never got to meet Gunnar Hansen. I stole stuff from him that I used in part two. And mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I just, but... He was the original, and he always will be. He, you know, there's no, nobody like him. Ra is a gentleman and a half.
3: Yeah, R.A. Right. is a very good guy.
2: he is a good guy, and mm-hmm. uh, that's about it for the rest of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it, no I, names. Yeah, it's weird that I, uh, I get along with the the three leather faces of the first three. You, I uh, got along good with with Gunner and and Ra. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's yeah. about the leather faces, but uh, but nasty Neil likes
2: them. Well, it, you know, it's just an iconic uh, character. I mean, it really is. And they're all different, which even makes it better. Mm-hmm. And they all look different. They all, you know, were different, completely kind of characters and um, like that. I uh, I was told, you know, that Gunner, they wanted Gunner to come back and do part two. And he uh, he quoted them a, a price and they just wouldn't do it because he got so screwed on the first one. And I wouldn't, I didn't blame him, not at all. And he, so, but they didn't go with him. And uh, luckily for me, that uh, I, I worked my way in there. And I, uh, again, luckily for me, I was able to, uh, to do all that stuff. And mm-hmm. there you go.
1: Mhm. Yeah. I don't know if you know this. R. A. Actually named me Nasty Neil. He's the one who gave me the nasty moniker. Really? Yeah.
2: I didn't know that, but that's you know. I, yeah. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You so know. not only is he
1: Leatherface, he named me nasty. So I'm sure he tells everyone that. <laughs> so I'm I don't know if we ever talked about this, but uh, maybe we did. But uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 was uh, a lot of it actually filmed underground.
2: No, it was all, it was filmed in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. The interiors were a old abandoned uh, newspaper building that they completely destroyed. And it was like four stories tall, and they tore out the uh, the middle of it, so you had all this depth where they put you know eight million lights in it. And then the cavern scene was an amusement park outside of Austin. It actually was you know they, that was an old one for real, but the you know running through the constant hut style tunnels when it was 150 degrees was not the not the best, but.
3: Uh huh.
1: Uh-huh. You know,
2: but back then everybody was young and rung, young, young and strong. And there you go.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and, uh, and I don't know if I ever talked to you about your chainsaw duel with Dennis Hopper. Like, uh, what was that to film? How was that to film?
2: That you know, <laughs> Dennis. You know, was he was at the end of uh, his drug taking drug taking days, and mm-hmm. he got he had to do this film because he was under contract, and all he wanted to do was play golf with Willie Nelson. You know, that's it. And they'd have to go find him on the golf course and bring him back. And I had a talk with him. And I said, hey, you know, we got to do something because, you know, I don't think you're going to hurt me, but if I, you know, you might get hurt if you're not, you know, mm-hmm. if we're not together on this thing. So, he, you know, we finally got to work it out a little bit. And, yeah, we, you know, we did a, a master of it, and then they cut cut it to death. And then uh, uh, Jimmy Steffen, who doubled Dennis, we just – beat the crap out of each other. And you can see in the scene that uh, when sparks were flying, and there were real sparks coming off the chainsaws. That's how hard we uh-huh. were hitting each other. Yeah. yeah, so it was, uh, I mean, it, you know, Dennis was just, he was an icon, and uh, just unbelievable to be around him. Plus, mm-hmm. he was such a nice person. I mean, he really was, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so there's not too many people that are alive can say, yeah, I worked with Dennis Austin. Uh, Dennis Hopper but I can so yeah and,
1: that's pretty awesome
2: and and Toby too for that matter
1: yeah that's you know? very true what was Toby like because um oh. uh, some of the people <laughs> I know from uh from the first one aren't, aren't necessarily big fans that weren't necessarily big fans of Toby Hooper
2: no he was a maniac he was great you know I mean this guy was insane he you know he screamed and hollered and you know and every afternoon at lunch him and Dennis would go into the trailer and you know, this weird-smelling stuff would come out when they opened the door. <laughs> uh
3: uh-huh.
2: Every every yeah. day, every day. So you know, and he smoking them nasty cigars and drinking Dr. Pepper. And,
3: mm-hmm.
1: But you know, hey, you
2: know, I got screamed by him. Yeah. You would every think. Day.
1: You would think if he was smoking <laughs> stuff, if he was smoking stuff with uh, with Dennis, you think that would calm him down? He wouldn't be screaming at everybody. I don't.
2: Know, I don't. know. Whatever they were doing, because no, I think Dennis <laughs> calmed down and Toby fired up more. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. well uh, were, were uh, you ever into you... anything yeah were you ever into anything like that
2: no i no, never did never mm-hmm. no i was too you know i first of all i was too cheap to buy anything
3: mm-hmm.
2: and i was just afraid i would you know i'd get busted or something and i no nah.
3: mm-hmm.
2: so no i mean i you know i have a a cocktail once in a while but that's about it
3: mm-hmm
1: and yeah. hey,
2: I love beer. I don't drink that much of it, but I really like it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, obviously, we're talking about uh, having it in, uh, in uh, Germany.
2: Oh yes, you know, it, it, so, a, they drink and they do drink more warm, but they do. Most every place has it, you know, on tap and it's cool. But <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> um, just the flavor. You know, and the con—you know—the alcohol content is so high that, uh, yeah. But it's just, I love the flavor, and it goes great with food. That's what I like about beer. And mm-hmm. yeah, they do have some great ones there. But so do the Irish. I mean, they go. oh, My goodness.
1: I'll find out here eventually. So, uh, I saw you have a you have a fan page now too on Facebook, so people can uh, can can yeah. follow you easier.
2: Absolutely, and I have a website. Which is what is it? I, I'll see. Uh, was it www.bigbobelmore.com? Yeah. Oh, very cool. The, I didn't
1: know wedge, that.
2: The web has got stuff on there, and then uh, you know, I got two or three Facebook things going. And I've had a contest out to name baby saw because me and the missus had a baby. You know.
3: Mm-hmm. that was before
2: wedlock so we are you know we had to get married for that and uh baby saw we had to name him and that went out like crazy and uh you know it's still going on i still have to pick a name uh, and they're right. going to get a free t-shirt and eight by ten
1: i've seen that now are there are there, are, are there any uh front runners so far for the name
2: you, believe it or not okay and, and and i didn't didn't you know prompt anybody but I think he is my great nephew. His name is Corey Pace sent in a bunch of names and they're really, really good, you know, and, you know, people go like buzz saw and, 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 you know, things like that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, uh, it was great. Yeah. But it's still happening. I'm going to throw it back out there again. I'll pick a winner and, uh, you know, they're going to get the stuff. So,
3: yeah,
1: I'm seeing them. I'm seeing them here. we got Elroy. El Roy yeah. Elmore, though I don't
2: know, if that's, that's <laughs> a lot of ease. <laughs> yeah, so that's I'm doing that. that, and then you know I've got uh, what else am I doing? That's about you know really you Neil, know, I'm taking it easy. Really, it's it's great to sit in my you know my lazy boy chair and watch TV, and still getting out running around a little bit. But you know it's just I beat myself so much, you know, up so much over the years mm-hmm. that. Uh, it's nice to take it easy.
1: Yeah. Now, Um. You know, talk about that. Beat yourself up. Uh. You know, doing stunt work over the years. Uh.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: you're a big guy anyway. So. Well. well what's like a, what's the hard what's like the hardest for you? Is it the knees, the back? Or is it just all the joints in general? Just
2: all the joint. You know, the, all the joints. So once you you know it, it's the pounding of a joint. It irritates it. That creates uh, arthritis. That's what it, an irritation. So all of them are irritated, some more than others, and, you know, it was from, you know, when I when I turned 15, and mm-hmm. I, you know, started lifting weights, and I was playing football and doing this, and then in college, and all that before I even become a stuntman, in the years at Knott's Berry Farm that I worked there, we did all of our stuff on asphalt. So yeah. we pounded, and pounded, and pounded, and uh, then, you know, becoming a professional stuntman, that was even more, and more deadly, but... Uh, you know, I, I if I could do it again, if I had to do it all over, I would. There's yeah. Nothing yeah. in there that I wouldn't uh, wouldn't have done again. I mean, I I have the hand of God on my shoulder so much, you know, and I can try to look back and say, yeah, He was there. Yeah, He helped me this. Yes, yes, yes. Because there are too many situations where I should have just, you know, been killed, but you know, I'm still here.
3: Hmm. Uh,
1: were there ever any things like you turned down, like someone wanted you to do some type of stunt? You're like, no, I think that's, uh, oh uh, yeah, you know, that's too dangerous. Okay. Anything that, that pops to mind? Know,
2: oh, the, the one I really, well, there was a big, uh, horse, uh, not a race, but I had, it was a horse running down a, uh, a road that had a, you know, like a cliff mm-hmm. and the horse was supposed to draw up and, um. This was when i was doubling candy now i was at that particular moment i was in candy's contract so i was his stuntman period and i got a call and uh the guy goes well you're you know, you're the man, you're his man blah 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 and i said yeah, yeah yeah i go but i'm not gonna do that horse thing because i'm not a horsebacker you know i can ride a horse i can get to a point you know and get on and off and all that i go but i'm not i read the script i go i'm not you know that that good, so no, I'm not going to do it. And he said, "Thank you very much." And that just makes your repetition a little bit better. You know, we have to know your, your what you can and what you can't do, because mm-hmm. if you say yes to something and you can't do it, the community is so small that it, you know the word gets around quickly.
3: Mm-hmm. You no,
2: know, so you just don't do it. No.
1: hmm uh, speak of that. How how did you become a stuntman? Is there was there like a school you'd go to, or seems like a I didn't.
2: You know, at the Nothing. time, there were a couple of a couple of schools that you know, and the schools were where you learned how to fall and you learned how to do this and do that. Well, I ended up going to a uh, to Gene Labell's judo studio for about ten years,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and Gene is a master of judo, but he's he was you know one of the best stuntmen around, mm-hmm. and he would take people in and he would show you how to uh, do movie fights and. And Judo, Jiu-Jitsu, is a great way to learn how to fall on the ground without hurting yourself.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's why, we, uh, that's why we did it, you know, and there were four or five of us that went all the time, and we ended up being um, getting our, our brown belts because we were white belts for so long and beating everybody up that they, the community, the, the uh, Judo community, asked Gene to, to test us so we could move up so we wouldn't be beating everybody else up. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he got me my first job. It was my first job on television as a paid professional stuntman it was uh, Remington Steele with Pierce Bronson. Oh, wow. Way yeah, back I, when in that, yeah. Yeah.
1: I know he trained a lot of wrestlers, too.
2: Oh, I they would come in, and we would work out with them. In fact, we worked out with the was it 84 or something or whatever the Olympics were with, uh, the Japanese judo team. And, you mm-hmm. know, they threw us around like they were, you know, like nothing, but yeah. You know, yeah. He yeah. coached them. He was, uh, very, very, he, in fact, he coached Ronda Rousey on mm-hmm. on her ground game when uh, she was coming up, Mhm. you know? And, uh, yeah. so yeah, he's been around a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah cuz uh, you know I I interview a lot of wrestlers too and you know some of
1: the older oh, guys yeah. uh, will talk about him or even some of the uh, newer people <clears throat> and uh, he, I always think
2: his, go on uh, no I mean he I I got to do a show with uh uh the million dollar man
1: yeah Ted and,
2: DiBiase uh, Ted, Bia- D- Ted DiBiase mm-hmm. what a great guy what a great guy you know he's been through so much crap in his life mm-hmm. but he knew Gene and that was kind of a a common ground for us you know and that's you know and i have all the respect in the world for professional wrestlers and i love it when people say well it's not real yeah okay yeah so
1: uh, you know i was thinking the same when um you talked about you know uh your your joints and stuff hurting, right? because when i talk to the wrestlers it's uh it's the same thing it's uh, and it's oh, mostly yeah. not like from one fall it's the the buildup of all the bumps.
2: No, it's, it's over the years, you know, I mean, you know, uh, the, the constant pounding and, you know, and those guys, you talk to the older wrestlers of what they did and what they had to do to make a living. Mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable. You know, it just, it's just unbelievable how, you know, you could do that. And they did it day in and day out for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, I personally have a lot of respect for them. I uh, used to work with Roddy Rowdy, Roddy Rowdy Piper a lot because he was real good friends with Gene, mm-hmm. and we, he would come in there and he would help us, you know, show us stuff. We'd work out with him, and, 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 and a bunch of other people like that would come in to the Judo, to the, you know, to the dojo and, and work out.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think yeah, that's I think. I think that's how he met Rhonda because he passed down the the Rowdy name to Rhonda and yeah. uh, gave her his uh, his famous leather jacket that he had. It's very cool. So, he was,
2: and he again was such a nice gentleman. Mm-hmm. You know, nice to everybody, very pleasant. You know, and uh, yeah, it was just you know, I got to ride back with him uh, from Germany, one of the shows, and he was there, and he, uh, his, he had something. He at the time, this was before he passed away, not mm-hmm. too, not too before because he was taking a lot of medicine. Mm-hmm. And his medicine was up above where I was sitting, and uh, he, the stewardess asked if uh, I would change seats, and I said, "Oh heck, yeah, you know." Mm-hmm. And he thanked me and thanked me and thanked me, and I said, "Man, I'll do anything for you, you know. Don't, you know, my pleasure." Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It was my oh, favorite yeah. wrestler growing up. It was Roddy Piper.
2: Oh yeah, I mean it was a that was the best show in town.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, yeah. absolutely. I oh, yeah. yeah, I watch all the time.
1: He's a good actor too. Uh, they live. He was really life. good. Yeah, I think he's probably the best, for in my opinion. I know Rock's done like big movie stuff, but I, I always think Piper's the best actor. That, uh wrestler turned actor.
2: He was a more serious actor. If, you know, he was not a. Uh, you know, I mean, The Rock is. A, it's a. You know, he's a
1: uh, an action star.
2: He's an action star. Yeah, that's all action. You know, Roddy had a couple things where he was more of an actor. Actor. Which was, mm-hmm. you know, <clears> yeah. so that would uh, yeah. I mean, it was a very sad, but again, this stuff, you know, I oh, I'm now I'm seeing my age, and I'm starting to forget things. And uh, we did a show with uh, it was a football player who passed away from cancer. Who he was uh, doing steroids so much that you know.
1: Yeah, they, they, L- Lyle Zedo.
2: Lyle Zedo. Yeah. What a gentleman he was. You know, I mean, but you know, so that was kind of neat, you know. And,
1: uh, yeah, definitely.
2: Tried to make uh-huh. my daughter smile, my little, my middle daughter, and he <laughs> couldn't uh, couldn't do it all day long. And he was very upset. Uh huh. She just she didn't want anything to do with him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, did you go to Judo Gene, uh, especially to with the idea that you wanted to be a stunt man?
2: Well, I went because a friend of mine, Dan Behringer, who who went, who had started there, told me what well, this would be a great place to go to learn to fall, you know, and to do fights and and stuff like that. Because yes, at that time I wanted to pursue it as, on a professional uh, level. You know, I wanted to get, I wanted to see if I could. That was the big part. And we were all working at Knott's Berry Farm, here on the West Coast, and. Um, you know, and that was part of the decision was to, you know, to train, to learn, and hopefully, you know, get a job. And, and we uh, well, we got our SAG card through Knott's, and it took me personally about two and a half years before I got a job. Mm-hmm. My, you know, that was it, before I got a paying job. But in that two and a half years, was studying how to do movie fights, how to do this, how to drive, how to ride a bike, motorcycle, how to do this and do that and do that. you know, the training was all involved, even though we were working full-time, but, you know, we trained all the time. And physically training, you know, a lot of uh, weightlifting and running and cardio and stretching, you know, the whole, just the whole gamut because you turn into a a professional athlete just Mm -hmm. like the rest of them. Mm -hmm. And so when, uh, when I forgot my first job, I got another one and then another one. And eventually I was making a, enough for living that uh, you know I didn't have to do anything else but that, and mm-hmm. uh, fortunately for us, my wife didn't have to work uh, and um, raise my kids during those years, and uh, it was that's what uh, the industry did for me.
1: Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier about uh, like um, <clears throat> you couldn't necessarily say you couldn't do something unless you couldn't do it because there'd be other people that could take your place. Uh, right. Was there a lot? Was there a lot of competition amongst? amongst you guys or did you guys get along well
2: oh everybody kind of got along i mean you know we knew who very small community so we knew everybody but when you talk about a big person you have such a gamut of big you know you have short and big you got medium and big tall and big and so on and so forth and then it, it gets down to well you're being this this size of person can you what can you do well i got you know i was pretty quick uh real strong so that made it, you know, I could pound myself to death and and, it, and come back and do it again. So I got that kind of a reputation. And um, so when they needed a big person, they were, you know, a few names that were were called, and uh, I happened to be one for a long time. So that's what you have to, you have to work on that, you know. And there's a lot of the guys who were just, you know, real tall. Um, like I mentioned before, Dan Beringer he was like an average type, you know, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, you know, 160, 150 pounds.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well,
2: he could double the whole gamut of the world when on that one. Right. <clears throat> but for me, I, you know, I played myself a lot and got killed and, uh, you know, and beat up every time. And I, I, like I said, I was very lucky to double John Candy. Um, I doubled uh, Mike Starr, another actor, Paul Servino, I doubled Paul Sorino in a couple movies and then a, a television series. So mm-hmm. that came into handy. You know, I mean, it was just, that was a great time.
1: But mm-hmm. well, what yeah. movies did you double Paul, Paul Uh
2: We called, it was, DMZ was a movie. Uh, the, another movie was uh, with Howie uh, Mondale, uh, Ted Danson. What was it called? I don't know. A bunch of people that turned into a... That was a job, and they would talk about this community, that there was another guy who I knew was hired to double him, mm-hmm. and he couldn't make it the second day of filming because he had already committed to something else, and he was going to miss that day. Well, they called me in, and I went up, and I came up, met him, and Paul saw me, and he goes, you know, you're better. I want you instead. So I got the job, and it ended up being months of work, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm, that's how that goes. I mean, you know, you can... Just walk in and say yes. Uh, I did a Seagal movie where I got beat up by Seagal so bad I could, you know, I didn't know what to do. And that was a doubling known actor named Mike Starr. Yeah. Who, uh,
1: uh, I've had several guests on the show who have not uh, spoken too highly of Seagal. He's, that he didn't really take care of uh, like people he'd be, you know, uh, fighting with.
2: Uh, he's a jerk. I don't. Know. I mean, he, this guy hurts people. He wants to. He hurts people around him. He hurts his own people. And then if you're a stuntman, then he really, you know, well, you can take it. And uh, I happened, and him and him and uh, Gene LaBelle had this thing going on forever and a day. And when I showed up, and he goes, well, do you study? I said, yes, I do. I study under Gene LaBelle. Oh, Gene LaBelle, oh, man, oh, man, you know, that son of a, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, I said, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, you asked me, I told you. So we go in, and he goes, well, let me see what you can do. So we go to the side of the studio, and the first thing he does, he throws this, not a punch, but he threw it, hit me in my throat, knocked me back, I don't know, about 15 feet. That's how hard he hit me. And then I couldn't talk. I could barely breathe, you know, and that was the start of it. And then we went into, uh, I was going to double, a guy was going to be, he was going to hit me four or five times, stomach punches, and then he was going to take me and throw me into a a trophy case, you know. Now he... As a master Aikido expert or whatever, and Aikido is everything against the joints. That's how they, you know, so if you don't go with that move, you can hurt yourself. Well, I knew that, so he, I never was hit so hard in my life, and I came <laughs> I came out of the dressing room, and I had this huge belly pad on, because I knew he was going to hit me. <laughs> and he goes, no pads. I said, okay. So, I mean, he hit me so hard, he yeah, lifted me off the ground. All right. Mm-hmm. Got that. Put me in some kind of arm bar, and I went with it, ran down towards this uh, trophy case, and I go, well, if I don't destroy this the first time, then we're going to have to do it again. I didn't. So I, he ran me down. I took off. I, I leaped up in the air and totally put my body through this case, <clears throat> and that was it. So there you go. Yeah. So I so- no, I have no love for Steven call whatsoever, no. Mm-hmm. So,
1: uh, when, when you double for someone like John Cade who I know you always talk highly of uh, mm-hmm. do you build up like a good relation with him and does he like uh, and then like if he gets another job does he like uh, mention you
2: like exactly. how does that work uh, there was a point where I was in John's contract so when he got a, a movie they would have to deal with me as far as uh, you know money wise and stuff like that and I would be on the film Mm -hmm. and that happened you know i think three out of the seven times you know three or four times i I was in the contract for a while Mm -hmm. and so i get you know that was automatic and that was great you know yeah very hard to do you don't see it very much anymore at all uh Mm -hmm. very you know there's been a couple people have done that uh you know over the years uh john casino was in uh Kurt Russell's contract for a long time, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
2: up until just recently, you know, and we're all getting old, you know, so, you know, all those guys are getting old, the stunt people are getting old, and they're all young guys now who do everything under the sun, you know, what you mm-hmm. have to do, you have to be versed in everything in order to work, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, so... so- uh, when you mentioned that, like, yes, yeah, so you, did you? You said you could ride a horse. Did you learn to ride a horse specifically? Well, you know, once you you got into the movie business.
2: Yeah, that was the whole thing was that uh, to be able to say yes, I can stay on a on a horse, and I and I did. What well, I got a job from uh, Buddy Van Horn, who was doing uh, Clint Eastwood's uh, stuff, and it was to be a soldier on a horse, and uh, got hired for that, and. Um, uh, because, you know, I think I was a little too big. I was hired, and then I was paid, and and holy moly.
3: <laughs> and, uh,
2: but they used the smaller guys, so, yeah, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but, yeah, you have to be versed in, in, in everything. Uh, like I said, horseback riding, motorcycle riding, because motorcycling, you know, you can, in car, driving a car, so we would rent cars and go out and... Uh, you know, throw them around and do stuff. And, and the same thing with the motorcycles. And then you're in that community and people get to see you doing things.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then they hear, you know, that, yeah. uh, you know, oh, yeah, he could, you know, oh, yeah, I saw Bob. He could do that. Or I saw Danny or Jim, you know, yeah, they're riding. Oh, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the word that gets out because the community is so small. hmm You know.
3: <clears throat> Where the were Warlock,
2: you? who uh was one of the uh Michael Myers is something way back in the day. He hired me, I he was hired me to do space balls and that was the first time I I doubled John. And we were such a good double or I was such a good double and that led to the next one which was uh uh Who's Harry Crown? Mhm. So, you know, you just you just never know.
1: Mhm. Well was that fun to work on space balls
2: well it was it was great yeah we were i was such a good double for John they were confusing us both, <laughs> which made that made him feel good because now he's got a double that looks right on you know everybody Mel Brooks was just a crazy man who <laughs> you know and uh yeah, I was a great it was just you know oh, you're in spaceballs, like, oh yeah, yes, I was uh-huh. another one of those,
1: yeah. That's pretty wild
2: yep. so
1: what was your what was the last movie you did?
2: I don't know, man, I'm not sure if it was Pirates or something after that Pirates three some i don't I don't know I don't know, man you know that stuff is happening mm-hmm. I don't remember everything. <laughs> 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 I gotta go online and look it up and things like that
1: <laughs> you know. right. well, I thought maybe you had a uh... Well, I don't know, was there a specific reason you stopped?
2: Well, it's just that I couldn't do it anymore. And you get to that point where uh, um, physically it, it was getting harder and harder to do. The first Pirates I did, you know, I could still move pretty good. That was 51 or 52 or something like that. And I could still, you know, I could still throw myself around, which I did. On that, and then uh, it was a year later or something. Did Pirates Three or something, and then it's just like you know, I just didn't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. So you know, I slowed that down. Then I went, you know, and then I, I still worked till I was sixty-five. I finally retired mm-hmm. uh, so, last year or the beginning of this year.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, when yeah. you do the conventions, does. Uh, any, like, independent uh, horror directors ask you to, you know, to have a cameo or play some type of, maybe well, not stunt couple, but, you know.
2: Yeah, uh, a couple of them have, and, you know, and it's been like, well, if you pay for your way out, you know, and I said, no, I can't do that. You know, right, I
3: just, right. no,
2: yeah. I don't do that anymore, so. Mm-hmm. I, I would if I, if somebody offered me a job, you know, where I didn't have to do anything, yeah, I would.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: And yeah. I always thought, you know, I'm, still considering it, is to maybe get into some commercial work or something as a, you know, because I stick character big, I get the big, big, the big white gear. goatee going still, uh-huh. and, you know, and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. You had the but beard before, before it was trendy to have a beard.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now everybody's <laughs> got it.
1: Right.
2: But mine's just real long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mine's got a ways to go to, to, to reach yours.
2: Well, we went to, we went on a, a trip to the Dominican Republic, and I had it braided with beads in it. Oh, I thought that was cool. Yeah. For a yeah. you know for a minute or two, and then I took them out, and it was like, "Man, oh man, I'll never do that again." But I did it once.
1: <laughs> right, right.
2: Yeah, it's
1: a lot of upkeep, I think.
2: Yeah, you know, <laughs> I have no hair on my head, but yeah, I got a big long beard. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you could comb it over, I guess, over the head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah, they make a great Santa Claus.
2: Well, uh, that was fun. I, you know, yeah, I could do that. I don't know. I yeah. don't need any pads anymore, though. <laughs> yeah.
1: You may say you'll be Santa for for uh, for the upcoming Baby Saw.
2: Baby Saw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's still, like I said, still happening. I'm going to get that out there again. Mention, uh, mentioned baby saw, I'm going to take him to, uh, New Jersey. So, uh, see how that goes.
1: Oh, very cool. Very yeah. cool. Well, uh, for anyone out there, they want to follow, uh, Bob Elmore. He's got the Facebook page. He's got the website. So you can uh, find out where he, where he's up, to, where he's going. Uh, Hawaii, are you just going to Hawaii to go to Hawaii or is there a convention there? No, I'm just there going, too?
2: that's a vacation to, uh, mm-hmm. see a couple of cousins and, uh, uh, on the Kona side of uh, the island, and you know, just R and R, relax, uh, do some snorkeling or whatever, eat a lot, you know, whatever.
1: <laughs> Sounds like a good time to me. Well, oh, uh, yeah. we got, we have some other guests coming up here, so I'm gonna let you go. But already, Neil, I was, Neil, uh, I was hey, very anytime,
2: happy to talk to you. Again. You know, anytime, give me a call. You know, I'll. Throw something out there for you. I'll call you or whatever, and uh, whatever you need, let me know.
1: Definitely, we love. I always love having you on, Bob. And it was very good to talk to you again. And I'm glad. All right, nasty uh, Neil, man, you.
2: you're the man. You know that.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate that, Bob. All right, but I think Bob's a man.
2: Uh, talk to you later on. Uh, see ya.
4: Okay, bye bye. Bye.
5: From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the Tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. Ripley, we should
3: have listened. Sitting here on a lie, farewell, Uteady. Now we're gonna die. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming, at night, we'll Ripley. They're coming, at night, we'll Ripley. They're
5: coming night. find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The tomb of Nick Cage. The coming night. Hi, this is Jill Six, and you're listening to WithoutYourhead.com.
1: Alright, welcome back to the station of decapitation. It's only been a couple minutes, so I'm still nasty Neil, And now I'm joined by Sophia Cacciola and Michael Epstein. Uh, a couple of filmmakers I know, and they got a new movie out, Clickbait. How you both doing?
5: We're great.
6: Yeah, thanks. We're we're well. How are you?
1: Good. Very good. Even better now. All right. That's really and yeah, and your, your audio is not upside down.
6: It is upside down. It is. I'm
1: sorry. Yeah, actually. Is that a,
6: but you're just on your head. <laughs> or are without my head. You're without your head. So that's why you can't tell. But anybody listening in Australia, were the correct way for them. <laughs> all right,
1: all right. So I, uh, uh, b- besides you know, the upside down audio, yeah, I give people an idea of what uh, clickbait is, which is probably kind of hard to do actually.
6: Sure. Yeah, we've actually been struggling about this. I was going to just tell you that you had to do the whole intro about the movie. Um, no, but seriously, uh, we wanted to come on. First of all, thank you so much for having us on. Um, Sophie and I directed the film and produced the film. And we wanted to just come on and do a little introduction and then mostly pass it over to the to the lead actors to let them kind of talk about the experience of it and, you know, whatever. Say mean
5: things about us. Say mean things about <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah.
6: um, but we wanted to give a little context for it because uh, I, it's, it's sort of um, a complex movie for us. Um, for anybody, probably most people who are listening haven't seen our other films, but most of the other stuff we've done is a little more straight in the horror sci-fi world. And this movie is our first go at kind of a social satire. Um, and it has a lot of horror elements, I would say, as well. And we really, we were interested in kind of internet culture and in popularity culture. And we wanted to make a movie where the kind of the the enemy or the the, the quote unquote villain in the movie isn't really, it is kind of a manifestation of that culture. Um and it's not, you know, it, one of the things we were really careful about because it's about basically it's about these two college students who are vloggers, and um, they're the the one Belly uh, is used to being at the top of the charts, and then suddenly uh, this other woman Laura, who has cancer, becomes very popular because she's sick and people are you know sympathetic to that, and um, so so Belly's very upset because she's been knocked off the top of the charts, and she'll basically trying to figure out what she can do to get back on the charts. And then um, this guy starts stalking and filming them, and that starts to make them popular again. So uh, that's, the, that's the premise of the film, essentially. And we really wanted to explore the, the way that sort of popularity culture uh, damages young people's identities and you know, their, their sense of self and sense of worth. And um, we really wanted to be careful about not condemning the people who are in those positions. So even though, you know, like this character, Bailey seems kind of vapid on the, on the surface, but it was really important to us that the film wasn't like, uh, millennials are a vapid and bad kind of, kind of movie. It's really about like Mm -hmm. the idea that they're sort of forced to be in the circumstances that, that almost force that behavior, reward that behavior. So they're kind of like, well, this is the only way I can be recognized and successful. So I'm kind of forced to go down this path. And, um, and I think a lot of the people who are doing it are very smart. So like, you know, you think about the the Kardashians and all those kind of people. I think they're actually like super geniuses. I don't think they're just like dumb, vapid people. I think they're they portray that as a sort of character uh, mm-hmm. in order to you know to see the success that they see. But I think that underneath that, they're actually quite quite intelligent. And um, we're hoping to to make a film of, kind of about that. And so that was a very I was a very long winded explanation. Hopefully, <laughs> made sense. <Yeah. laughs> Does
5: well, Sophia agree? Yeah, I mean, you hit some of the stuff that I found really important was like, this is not a condemnation of millennials or millennial culture, um, or the internet or even fame seeking. It's like, I wanted to examine like why that's a path that especially young women are willing to go down as kind of a way out of a normal lifestyle. Um, I thought that was really important because that's where a lot of us are and a lot of young people like younger than
6: us are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that was kind of the, the goal of the film. Um, and, uh, at some point I want to tell a little bit of a story about how it came to be to put to, again place everybody in context but um do, do you have other questions before I about that nonsense before I, before I say anything about that No I'd like to hear that Okay um <laughs> uh, so it's an interesting film because um it you know like I said we mostly have done horror and sci-fi kind of straightforward before and this one is a little more of like a strange satire thing and um what ended up happening is that uh Brandy who plays Emma in the film had hired this guy, Jeremy Long, to write a script for her. Because a lot of actors these days, this is a a very common thing, that actors, uh, it's hard to get gigs. It's hard to get good roles. So what a lot of actors will do is try to, you know, kind of have a movie written for them and then produce the movie so that they get to be a lead in the film and then they get to tell the story they want to tell and all that kind of stuff. So um, Brandy had hired this guy, Jeremy Long, to write a script for her, and then she had posted ads looking for a cinematographer for the film. And so I had responded to that. I, we had just moved to L.A. at that point. I had responded to it and said, oh, you know, that'd be cool. I'd like to get involved in some stuff. And I'm not, you know, like I, money is good, but I'm most interested right now in just kind of doing some projects and getting my footing here and doing doing some stuff. So I had a chat with her a bit and she was like, cool, sounds good. Let me send you the script. And I read the script that uh, that Jeremy had written. And um, I loved a lot of things about it. I loved the characters. The two main characters were really well established by him and the the interaction between them. And um, and there were a lot of really nice elements. And I looked at that script and I said, you know, I said to Brandy, I said, I really like a lot of elements of this. You know, are you open to the idea of doing some rewrites and some changes? Because I think like there are some thematic and cultural things that could be added to it that make it like a really strong, interesting movie that are uh, that are not so much present because the script was kind of focused on being a straight thriller. And that was that's cool. I don't mean to uh, say anything bad about that. But I, I was like, I'm a little more interested in something you know, a little enhanced in terms of social commentary and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, I talked to her, I talked to Jeremy, and they were both like, yeah, cool, let's, let's, you know, like figure out how to do this. And um, gradually over the course of like a year, as I always end up doing, Sophia makes fun of me, I went from being the cinematographer on the movie to just like taking over the whole thing. And um, <laughs> so I, uh, I took that script, I did all the rewrites to make it kind of the thing that we wanted, the story we wanted to tell, keeping a lot of, again, keeping a lot of the wonderful stuff that Jeremy had established with the the two characters and the interactions among them and all that kind of stuff, and um, did some rewrites to add theme and add a few other characters and change kind of some of the the context and everything. And so um, Sophia and I ended up producing it, and uh, I shifted Brandy. Actually, Brandy was originally going to play the Bailey character, and I said, you know, I really think, uh, the in a way, the arc is not about the character that's the kind of main focus in the movie. It's about her friend, the secondary, the, the kind of roommate... Is. Yeah. And I really think I was like, you know, I know it sounds strange that it doesn't look like the lead. And in, in a sense, it isn't. Well, they're both leads. I mean, whatever. But mm-hmm. I was like, in a sense, this is the character where there's more movement. And I feel like, you know, you're going to be right for that. And we should find somebody else for the for the Bailey character. And she agreed. And um, that was how it came to be. That's essentially the whole story. We we did auditions. Um, we auditioned a, a boatloads of people and. Um, hundreds and hundreds of people and found uh, Amanda for the Bailey character. And she was great. And, um, while writing it, while doing the rewrites, I had actually written the, uh, the, the world's most incompetent police officer, uh, detective Frank Dobson. Uh, I had, um, written that character with myself playing it in mind. Now I know that sounds terrible, but, uh, I thought, okay, I'd really like to act in this movie. I'm going to write this character for myself. And, um, Admittedly, when I'm writing a movie, and I, I, it's hard for me to envision what I look like doing things, so I pi- I actually pictured Seth Chatfield the whole time. I was like, oh, it's okay, you're going to be like a Seth kind of character, but I'm going to play it. And as we got to the end and started going into production or thinking about production for the movie, Sophia's like, you can't be in this movie th- being a character that's like, in 50 percent of the scenes yeah. like that's that's idiot
5: seven person crew there was yeah. no way i was letting i was going to go down to six for someone like for half yeah. the
6: movie so sophia's <laughs> like you're an idiot you can't play the character go home and i was like okay fine you know you're you're as as is 100 percent of the time true sophia was correct and um so i kind of sat back and thought like okay i guess we better cast somebody and seth who was in our previous film blood of the trivids and um you know, it was the villain in that? You've you've seen that. I don't know if, if other yeah, people yeah. haven't. He plays a wonderful, uh, over the top villainous uh, lead character. And um, Seth had reached out to me. He's like, I know you're not going to fly me out because he lives um, he lives on the East Coast and we're shooting in Los Angeles. He's like, I know you're not going to fly me out for this movie, but I would love to be part of it. If you have, you know if you have anything that that works, I you know I just want you to know that I would love to be there. Um, and I would I wrote him back and I was like, hey, actually I was going to play this role, but. Sophia convinced me that's idiotic and i've been writing it like picturing you in it so do you want to do it and he was like he he was kind of in shock i think he didn't really believe he thought i was like pulling his leg or something Mm -hmm. um but uh so he said yes and that was that's that's the story so that's how we got the cast that's how we got the movie going uh that's what it's about what else did I left up? Tootstros.
1: Oh, tootstroles. There's <laughs> oh, right,
6: a history there. Yeah. yeah, that is that is an important <laughs> one.
5: Tootstros are not in any way in the script. There's just a scene where <laughs> the two girls were supposed to have breakfast and mm-hmm. Mike was like, to like toaster pastries are funny. Let's have them eat that. And so then, cause I was doing all the art design and production design, in addition to all those other things I was doing, I was like, let's call them tootstrudels because that's funny to me. And so I made the initial box. And then on set, like, all the actors were so obsessed with the Toot Strudels, and they kept, like, making, like, their own little jokes and infomercials about them. So we're like, all right, let's just film some of this, and if we can use it, we'll figure it out. And so then during editing, we kind of came up with, like, this competition that, like, the Corporation of Toot Strudels was hosting that you could make these videos. And so it, like, let us put in a lot of, like, really quirky little vlogging videos as interludes into the, into the film. And it kind of makes the whole thing very corporate-sponsored by Twistables, and so it's like it's another added layer of satire with the corporate sponsorship.
6: Yeah, it was it was really important to us um, that we established that these characters are all kind of doing this social media stuff, and ultimately, the social media stuff really only exists to sell something. It's to sell a product, and what product is dumber? than a toaster pastry right i mean and especially in the movie because you know no, nobody nobody is there, but okay no, well yeah nobody has seen the movie uh, you know except you essentially no really nobody has seen the movie because it's not it hasn't been uh, it hasn't even premiered yet but um uh we wanted the product to be something ridiculous so we're like let's create you know once sophia created the toaster pastry we're like you know what's funny about this let's make it a self-heating toaster pastry. It has radiation in it, it self-heats, you know, it, it does its thing. And um, the idea was to, to make it a product that solves a problem that doesn't exist. Kind of like all those infomercials. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they're like, they're like, do you ever not, are you ever not able to like turn on the faucet to get water out? And it's like, uh-huh. well, that's not, that's not like, I mean, maybe that's a problem for somebody, but it's right. not, it's not generally a problem. Yeah. So, uh, so we made an infomercial about how it's so hard to, to toast toaster pastries, and so we needed this product to, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, ultimately, the goal was to really say, like, look, look at the way these lives are being ruined, and it's all in service of selling toaster past—like, this the dumbest <laughs> thing in the world, right? So it's like people are are dying just so that they can sell more toaster pastries, and that—and that's that's really what the movie's about. I think that, that
1: says it all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think you did so a very good job. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, and as, as the only person other than yourselves who's seen it, I've watched it multiple times, and uh, I really liked it a lot.
6: oh thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not yeah. just because
1: you're on the show or anything. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> you. I'll
6: send you that. I'll send you that fifty dollar check. Uh, later. Yeah, um, it's
1: weird. Uh, when I first watch it, you kind of uh, I watch it for the plot, right? right. And uh, I think I even like it better uh, the multiple uh, after that because. Uh, like stuff i already i saw the first time i'm watching it too but you pay more attention to certain things you know after you know
6: what's happening and that's really like one of our favorite things in film is to a movie that is like worth seeing again and so like it recontextualizes the whole experience like i i hope you know it's it's like you watch it once and you're like okay i get it i see where all that stuff happened and then you watch it again you're like i see where all that stuff is planted all the seeds are planted for all those things and um and that context, I like. I I like to think it's a more fun movie the second time as well. Um, so you have to yeah. buy it, I guess. You know, so that's the. You, you see it once, and then you're like, "Crap, I got to go buy this movie so I can watch it again." Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's our goal, you know. Sell, so with to sell either toaster pastries or the movie, either one, <laughs> either either thing, some product. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And I believe you can get the shirts on Amazon for the Tooth Strudels.
5: Yeah, I think we get, like, a dollar or something. Yeah. <laughs> you buy a shirt from Amazon. Yeah. Yeah,
6: but we're I like, know we got that got merchandise. Yeah, we got They're a merchandise. they pretty
5: great. Some of our friends have bought them, and they look amazing, like, without even seeing the movie. <laughs> <They> just, <laughs> like, people really resonate with Tooth Strudels enough that they have bought them.
6: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those so. T-shirts,
5: yeah. We so. looked into making them, and it was, like, $5 a box, and we're, like, we making can't. Making Tooth Strudels. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and packaging it and everything. It was just too expensive. If the movie's a hit, yeah, if the movie's a hit, Toots
6: movie, toots. If the movie does really well and we have like money for marketing and all that kind of stuff, then we will certainly make toots drills. <laughs> there will be real products that you can buy, and they probably won't be radioactive like in the no. movie. But
5: they, well, they won't live up to their infomercial. Yeah,
6: but that's that's okay. Yeah. So, um, Maybe so that's you work, kinda, work
1: it
0: out at home.
6: Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'll have to heat them up yourself. But um, so yeah, that's the kind of the context for the movie. It's world premiering at the film festival Genre Blast on September first. In Winchester, everybody. yeah. Winchester. Oh, we're, somebody's here. <laughs> yeah, I think, hi, everyone, I, think, I think everybody's here. Hi. Hey. Hey, hey. So yeah, we'll we'll get off uh, in just a second uh, to let these guys all all tell you tell you all the secrets so that we're not hogging the no. hogging the airwaves. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's kind of the whole the whole backstory for the movie, and we hope that like people will come check it out at film festivals if they can and if not it'll be uh, we hope it'll it'll get sold and be out in the world in the world next yeah. year sometime. So basically
5: we're just starting our festival run now so hopefully we'll hit multiple spots in the US and elsewhere
6: mm-hmm.
5: and mm-hmm. then you know after a year or so it'll be out in
6: some form. <laughs> Very but cool. The
5: trailer is out right now.
6: Yeah so the trailer if you go to our and Facebook The trailer is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Um yeah one of, I mean Sophia should talk about this actually I think the trailer
5: No, well, we hired like a real person to do the voiceover Um, and like Ben Patrick Johnson's his name. And he's like, I listened to his reel and he's done so many movie and TV trailers. And I was like, I know his voice. And more than, like, seeing one of my movies on a film screen, like, at a theater, this was like, oh, wow, I made a movie, and it's real. <laughs> so, like, just hearing his voice, like, just makes it feel like it's, like, a professional thing that exists.
6: Yeah. <laughs> Nothing makes a movie more real than the, the in-a-world voice, Yeah, you know?
5: it's the guy. You know, it's the guy. Uh-huh. We know his voice. So, um, so it's amazing. He did that for us, basically, as a parent, <laughs> and uh, it was just great, so. Mm-hmm.
1: And then, then again, then it was flagged for having uh, political, like, uh, messages in it or something.
5: Which it doesn't.
6: Yeah, <laughs> Facebook was really funny about, about like, ads, because, you know, basically you, pages, as, you know, people know, this is funny because the movie's about this social media crap, and then all we do is face problems with the social media crap. But, yeah, pages <laughs> basically don't really reach anybody unless you take out ads, so we're like, fine, we'll pay a little money to get this in front of people. And, um... It, first, they rejected it because they're like political content. And if you watch it, there's two characters: one in a Pen- Mike Pence ma- mask and one in a Donald Trump mask. Very handsome fellow in a Donald Trump mask at
5: a mask. Halloween party. At a Halloween party.
6: Wow. Not wow. even. Not even. I said very handsome fellow because it's me. I was that was a joke. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's it's like they're not. It's not a political thing at all. It's just that they're at a Halloween party. So then I appealed that, and they were like, "Oh yeah, yeah cool, fine, we approve that." But now, and then they let it go for a minute. The ads ran for like a minute, and then they got rejected again because of images of surgery. Because the the <laughs> professor character in it, who uh, who's amazing in the movie, by the way, I love her uh, act, her performance so much. But um, the professor character is doing like a human dissection and pulling out a heart, but it's very fake looking intentionally. And it's like meant to be humorous and not, it's definitely not like a real depiction of surgery. uh <laughs> um, <laughs> No. And uh, they decided that was too graphic for Facebook. And meanwhile, there are all these horror trailers of like people being like beaten and like, like Decapitate there's like sex Israel. trafficking in the in the like dark uh, unfriended dark web trailer which is running on Facebook. There's like sex trafficking people in like barrels and people being beaten. And I'm like, seriously, you can't. There's like a foam heart, and you you're rejecting that instead. Of, like totally crazy. Uh, but. You know that's that's the life we we lead, and that's kind of what the movie's about too. So, they, mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So any any other before we I, you know we sorry we just talked we just talked nonstop and didn't really let you ask anything or say anything. But probably no, yeah. <laughs> that's
5: good. Thanks. Much easier for me. You're like
6: I don't care. <laughs> We're I'm drinking like.
5: coffee right now. If you can't. <laughs> <laughs> We
1: got the Uh, casters, we're going to get to them, but um, I do want to ask uh, something quick. You mentioned um, some of the festivals, Uh, do you you know of any of them yet?
6: Uh, Genre Blast is the only one that's officially announced. Um, There are like three or four others, I guess I'm technically not allowed to say at this point, but if you keep an eye on our our Facebook page, um, Genre Blast is the one where we know we have a date, September 1st, world premiere at the Alamo Draft House in Winchester, Virginia. And, um, we kind of know we're gonna be playing in l a uh, at a really at our one of our favorite theaters, let's just say, in the late fall. Um, we don't have a date on that, but we we know that's gonna happen. And then we have a couple of other fests that are that have basically have accepted the movie, but we haven't quite worked out the screening details and all that yet. So, uh, if you check out our Facebook page and follow us there, then you will most certainly be hearing announcements in the near future. Very
1: cool. Very cool. Uh, all right, cool. We'll get the the the. We'll talk to the cast here. But one last thing was, uh, I really, uh, I can, I just totally understand the movie because um, whenever I'm at a convention or something, I always tell the person I'm with as a camera. If uh, I have some you know bizarre fans out there, if anything would ever happen to me, like if something, make sure you get it on camera and put it <laughs> up on my YouTube, and at least, at least then it'll you know I might not be here anymore but at least the uh, people can can watch it uh, on youtube yeah and why not i mean i like i uh... mean
5: this is kind of you know our legacies now. Like we're building our own histories and legacies as this goes on, and like archaeologists will not have to dig that hard <laughs> to find out about exactly. how we lived, you know, or yeah. at least like the idealized version of what we put up there of how we lived, you know.
6: Right, but that's part of the idea is that the representation of us on the web, right? You, you know, you're that's you're blogging. Self, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's ideal. It's, but it's some. your perception of it. <laughs> it's a performance. It's, it's I don't know if it's ideal. It's a it's performance. A
5: performance, yeah.
6: <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's some it's some variation of.
5: And I think going to CVS and buying a soda is a performance. So everything's a performance. (laughs) I got to put on clothes. It's like a whole thing.
6: (laughs) Right. And we try to explore that in the movie. You know, we have Belly really talk about how um, her her. We hope to portray her as like actually very smart and like thoughtful underneath what the presentation is publicly, and that she's choosing to make that presentation because that's like what she has to do. Um, it's not really, you know, you, you kind of, I mean, to me, I hope when successful. you watch it yeah. that you kind of feel you you feel for her having to do that. You know, you feel like, OK, that's she's right about or maybe partly right about that. Um, so, yeah. So, you know,
5: maybe takes it too far, but maybe not. Maybe not far enough. Who knows?
6: <laughs> you have to watch the movie. Yeah, you have to watch the to movie. Yeah.
5: <laughs> all right. so, all right,
1: well, uh, it's great to have you on, Sophia and Michael.
6: We're going to get to the Thank cast. You. You know. yeah,
1: um, you got, you're both
6: Thank you so much. We're gonna leave. We're gonna actually go to the movies to go see uh, Amityville 3D right now. So we're not even gonna listen to the show until, until later. later, and we'll listen to the archive. And so you all can say whatever, whatever you like. Um, oh God! But we know where you live. But we know where you all live. So don't. So so think carefully. Thank you. Yeah. Careful. <laughs> They're gonna go see what, what was it, uh, Amityville 3D of all movies. So. Well, it's uh, there's a there's a I mean now now I'm advertising for the uh, the the Egyptian and the Arrow and the Lakma here, but they're doing a. Um, a series of 3d films there's a 3d exhibit at the lacman oh, they're doing a cool. series of 3d films so yeah tonight is the opening of it it's amityville 3d which i'm sure is a bad movie but uh but i'm excited about it I've
1: ever, yeah i'm yeah. not sure if i've ever even seen it I, I haven't yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah tomorrow
6: we're going to see friday the 13th 3 in 3d you know oh, the, that's always good so yeah it's, it's an eye it's an omen uh, all right we'll yeah, yeah 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 that i've seen not in 3d but i'm excited i'm excited mm-hmm. um Maybe if we make a lot of money, we can make a, a 3D you know, outp- or a post-production output of clickbait in 3D. My,
1: my idea to, for a movie was always something that you, it looks like it was made to be in 3D, but it's not in 3D. So people are just sticking things at the camera for no particular reason.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like it. I, I say do it. All right, yeah. I would laugh and probably like uh, five people would laugh, three of them here and... No one else would get it but yeah but.
6: Um, but no seriously thanks so much for having us on and letting us uh, talk about our our crazy movie and um, we hope you uh, you all have a good time nice to nice to cross over with, with you the three of you and we'll uh, I'm sure we'll see you all soon and Neil we will talk to you soon we'll see you at festivals this fall yeah very cool all right. I've, I've not met Sophia yet oh yeah she's okay that true it's wow. true.
5: Wow, but we're like Facebook friends, so it's <laughs> yeah, real. <I>
6: so.
5: <laughs> That's also what the movie's
6: about. <laughs> exactly. Uh, All
5: right,
1: wow. you in, enjoy, uh, enjoy your 3D. Thank, <laughs> Thank you so much. You, bye. All right, bye everyone.
7: Bye.
3: Love
7: you
1: guys. <laughs> All right, now we're gonna get some dirt on uh, on Epstein and, and Sophia here.
7: <laughs> oh God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so now uh, we get the the cast of QuickBay with Detective Frank Dobson, Seth Chatfield. Hey, Neil. How's it going? Great. Good, thanks. We have Emma, Brandy Aguilar.
0: What up?
1: Very good. And we have Bailey, Amanda, Colby, Stewart.
7: Hey, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't asked how you got involved, but uh, they explained that uh, it was an original, originally was a, a script and they reworked it. So, um, Brandy, what did you think of the idea of uh, of uh, making it more of a comedy? And, and, and social satire.
8: I cut up for a moment I didn't hear everything I apologize
1: that's all right. I was just wondering because they mentioned that it was originally like uh, the script was uh, like a straight up thriller and then they reworked it to be uh, more of a comedy and social satire Uh, what did you think of that idea
8: I loved it Um, and especially because as an actress comedy is definitely my strength Um, I really played into that um, with all the other characters if you watch our on-screen chemistry, with, especially with um, Detective Dobson and Bailey, the on-screen chemistry and comedic timing was just, it just worked out so great. And I'm so, so, so excited to see um, how it looks on screen. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it turned out brilliant. They turned a great script into a brilliant script. So um, when I read the final draft, I was amazed. I was like, this is so good. I'm I can't wait to film this and it's filmed and I've heard that it I haven't even seen the movie yet but um, I have heard that it's awesome so it makes me super proud because all of us just worked so hard on it. Oh my goodness. We blood, sweat and tears all the way. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: uh, Amanda, wh- Amanda, what interested you in the movie?
7: Um, I When I first read the script I really loved the character of Bailey. I thought that she was like Super interesting, fun. I related to her as well just because I, you know, as an actress in the entertainment industry, there's, you know, stuff that you have to deal with sometimes where it's just, like, kind of part of the industry where it's not the most fun or most glamorous thing. Um, So I found her character to be super exciting and dynamic, and I love the the dynamic between me and um, Brandy's character. I just Mm -hmm. thought it was, like, such a cool, like, high and low situation in, in like, classic comedy where you have – the person who seems to be a little more intelligent, and the person who seems to be a little more out there. Um, so it just seemed to be like a really a cool dynamic between the two of us as well that I really loved.
1: Yeah, I thought there was good chemistry because um, sometimes in a movie with that kind of idea, like you wonder why they'd even be friends because like they don't seem not to like each other. But you guys also, <laughs> you know, have fun together. To say you know, there's sometimes you enjoy <laughs> each other, but you still have fun, and it, you know, it seems like a real friendship
7: yeah it's exactly like an odd couple in, in a in a weird way but it's it was it was great having her as a co star as well we definitely played off of each other and it was a lot of fun mm-hmm.
1: now seth, what was it like to play uh to play detective frank
0: oh man uh <laughs> you know it was a trip it's always it's always uh, kind of a really different journey for me, and I am doing a lot of um uh, these sort of uh, I don't know I'm doing a lot of these really 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 interesting characters Frank is a really interesting character it's hard to really say I mean if you've seen that you've seen the film so you maybe know even better than I do but he's like just a really different kind of a guy There's something a little bit off uh, with him internally and uh, that was a lot of fun to play around with to kind of do like the sort of a hardcore like old school straight man thing like very you know play a very straight. And then at the same time, there's a lot of subtext you can do with this sort of weirdness that's that's inside the guy. So it was it was a great role. I had a great time with it and everybody was uh, just about the the best you could have to work with. So it was a pretty great experience.
1: Yeah. I know Seth, you know, uh, knew, knew Sophia and Michael beforehand. Uh, Brandy, how yep. uh, and you knew him through the script, but like uh, how long did you know them before doing the movie? <laughs>
8: Oh, gosh, I knew them for about a year beforehand because um, it was actually a friend of mine named Jeremy Long, super, super talented writer and stand-up comedian, um, who wrote this script. And I showed the script to um, Michael. I met actually Michael on, I think it might have been LinkedIn, and, or was it? It was a film website. And he read the script, and he loved it. And obviously, you know, um, Which every script, there's always going to be rewrites. So, um, you know, Michael and Sophia did the rewrites and everything. So I knew them. I want to say I knew Michael and Sophia for about a year prior.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Amanda, how did you uh, get in contact with them?
7: So I actually, when I, I moved to L.A. about a year ago, I drove cross country and it was my first audition that I did here. I filmed a self tape for them. I found it on online through a, you know, an acting audition site and filmed the self tape, they had me go in and then I, I booked the role. So it was kind of just like, I didn't know them at all. I didn't know any of these people. So it was crazy that it was like my first <laughs> role in LA and it was just such a great experience. So.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, Seth, did you think you'd ever work with them again after you know, they moved uh, across the state?
0: You know, because I'm kind of an insane person, I had this sort of deep feeling that it was just going to happen, sort of force of will type thing. And it, it's actually, that it, it was so weird. It's exactly how Mike described from uh, how it happened. And from my side, I I just had this, I can't even describe it. I just had this weird feeling. I was literally at the dump, I was throwing away trash. And it to feeling like, man, you just got to go ahead and, and text Mike about that film. Like, even though, you know, they said they're mostly looking for women and it's in LA and you're out here in the East coast. Like, it's just, I mean, what the hell, why not? Right. So I did. Yeah. And to hear back from him almost immediately, like, yeah, you know, when can you come out? I almost, I mean, I was like, my God, this is, you know, it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird feeling. i use using that word a lot, but that is, it's hard to describe it. Otherwise The a strange feeling to sort of just throw that out there in the universe and immediately have it come back. Like, yep you're going to do the thing you most want to do right now, which is, you know, continue to work and being out here. It's, it's, I've been extremely fortunate to get consistent work, but um, to be able to go out to, uh, to LA and work with these guys again, after the experience I had on blood of the tributes, which was definitely one of the best uh, ever in the several mm-hmm. films I've worked on. It was just, I mean, they're, they're a lot of fun to work with, you know, it's, they're really, really uh, driven and intense and it can get like it's very like intense but to me like i'm most impressed by people who are really really in it like who are really about what they're doing and these guys are just really dedicated artists who are, who are very very driven to tell the specific story that and vision that they've got and um yeah i'm extremely fortunate to work with them again i hope it i hope you know somehow we keep it rolling and you know we'll see what happens
1: yeah yeah Speaking of Blood tributes, um... Uh, you're both both the characters have a, a common theme through, through the roses in the movies
0: yes yes yeah oh man that's, <laughs> yes yeah right and then you guys yeah that's right and then these guys I think had some uh, uh this this great actor um Ryan James Hiltz who's also uh, uh in the film has some has this little thing with a rose I think I don't know I'm I'm hoping that's in there somewhere um <laughs> that also like brings that back in and it, it's It's weird. I don't know. I don't even think the roses were intentional either time. You could ask uh, Mike and Sophia, but I remember them saying that it wasn't even something that was really uh, thought out ahead of time until kind of we were there on set with Blood of the Shrimp. And then again, you could feel this thing with the roses just kind of like resonate back. And for me, it's amazing. I mean, it's been it's become like my personal brand. Um, You know, I don't I don't text people little hearts. I text them roses. I've been doing that for years. It's just sort of like it's like my little thing. So it's really cool to have it continue to be like a theme and stuff that I get to, that I get to do. And, you know, yeah, it's just that's that's a good yeah. thing. So.
1: Uh, since you yeah. none of the three of you have seen uh, the finished movie, uh, how much you yeah. know about the two the two striddles? Like, uh, do you know anything
3: <laughs> about
7: them? That, I really didn't mix, Yeah. <laughs> I really didn't expect it to be, like, that apparent in the movie. Like, I just thought that it was something that we were just, like, you know, joking around about. And then I saw the trailer, and I was just like, oh, my goodness, this is hilarious. So, like, I get, I I think it was definitely a good add-on for sure. It gives gives a little light comedic, you know, fun to it. (laughs) Same here, yeah.
8: I want to try some so I can glow with radiance. (laughs) <laughs> I
0: want
7: <it> <laughs> Yeah, I ate a lot of those too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I ate a lot of them in one of the takes. <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
7: I think I'm done with two turtles.
0: <laughs> yeah. you know they have they have noted side effects, so you got to watch out. But
1: yeah. yeah, interesting flavors. I believe I believe there's an
0: eggplant um, one. Atomic
3: eggplant. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: but, so yeah. I
0: would I like. That. I would. I would
1: yeah, I would try an, an eggplant uh, to- uh, toaster. Oh.
3: <laughs> I wonder what that would taste like. I would, I, like. <laughs> I would hey, try. Good. Delicious- <laughs> 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 I love that,
0: man, because it reminds me of like the production design in stuff like Alex Talk's Repo Man from 1984, where they had like drinks labeled drink. Um, and it's just this sort of wonky, like you can tell the production designer is having a lot of fun, like doing this w- whole little background universe. And that definitely was at play here in the tooth strudels. Like, I love that it just got so out of control. that almost like took over. It, it just make, it's cool. It, it yeah. makes so much sense for you guys. It's great.
1: Mm-hmm. So I know none of you've seen the finished movie, which is odd since, since I've seen it, but the, uh, Count. Yeah. <laughs> I know you. you but you've I agree. The I wish
7: I could have seen it. <laughs> I want to
1: see it
8: so bad. I'm so curious to see how it came uh, out.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, I. I don't know if there's a reason why. That uh, are they waiting for for you guys to see it the first time? Maybe at like the first screening.
7: I guess. Yeah, I. I, I can't be. Yeah. But... Yeah. I think
8: they wanted to be surprised. They 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 like um, leading on the suspense, and I, I I love suspense, so I'm I'm excited. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean we just you know we can't, so what can you do?
1: Yeah, no, no, it's fine. But uh, but I know you have seen the the uh, the trailer, and I I thought the trailer was just great. So I, I don't know what you what the three of you thought the first time you get to see it.
8: I loved it. I was blown away. I was like, this looks incredible. I was. So proud of just the whole cast and crew. Um, it turned out so, so just beyond everyone's
7: expectations. It looks amazing. Mm.
3: Yeah. I it, saw
7: that it, snippet from the shower scene too, which I'm like the most excited to see because I think it looks so cool in the trailer. I just want to see the full thing. <laughs> yeah, but Yeah. With like the way it, your nails came out. <laughs> yeah, with the hands, the blood. Yeah. Looks yeah, so cool.
1: <laughs> it's a very cool image.
0: <laughs> Look, uh, looks amazing. The voiceover guy that they got, like Sophia was saying, I mean, it's just, it's it like, not, I mean, it's like, it just gives it this like added air of like sort of hyper legitimacy where you're like, wow, this is, wow. This is one of those films. Yeah, okay. so
7: legit, so legit. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. It's like, okay, this is what we've done now. Okay. So. <laughs>
7: yeah. yeah.
0: You guys, you guys are you guys amazing in it. I just, I cannot. I I know how how good you are. uh, How good you were personally. Like it was just over those whole days, and I just can't wait to see what it looks like in this uh, final cut. Oh,
8: thanks so (laughs) much. Thank you.
1: So, So, I want to get you guys' take on the on the social uh, you know uh, satire in the movie, especially like the Streaker site and the idea of. you know uh doing anything to get like uh to get views and likes
7: i'll start with that i mean it's interesting yeah. i mean as you know, like I said before, as an actress in, in Hollywood, it's, it's you know I see people do crazy things all the time to get followers, posting mm-hmm. certain pictures, you know, posting certain videos, and it, it's it's true in, in a weird way. I mean, you really have to put yourself out there and really you know show what you what you can bring to the table. And if it's something that's a little weird or out there, sometimes it's it's better than not doing anything at all or or just being normal in mm-hmm. in, in a weird way. So it's it's an interesting I mean concept and it's crazy now that these people are you know they're able to just post something from their home and they're able to get extremely famous from that. It's insane how our society has moved from you know from Hollywood deciding who's going to be famous and now we can decide you know as society who can be famous. So it's insane.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
0: that- it's crazy. It's the the um you know this is this is what Reality is, I mean, it's so, it's it's surreal to me. I mean, at least it, it, the trailer certainly looks that way and knowing these guys would be shocked if there wasn't some aspect of surrealism. But uh, uh, be, because it is hyper real in a way, because it's exactly what we're living in now, much like Amanda's saying, I mean, exactly like Amanda's saying, it's, you know, the, the pressure, the pressure and I think this was something that it was a theme throughout the film too. And I think it was something that I saw both uh, Amanda and Brandy, like really, like they brought this out is that that pressure um, that you feel now to sort of like commodify yourself to, you know, there's there's you and then there's like Internet product version of you. And then there's like try to sell to producers, uh, uh, writers, directors, you. And then you kind of sometimes that you can get lost in the different yous even. Um, And just the the pressure people feel to represent themselves. And like Amanda saying, they to go over the top and do these crazy things. And to me, this doesn't, the premise of this film in no way seems even remotely outside the realm of reality. It seems like something that, I mean, I, we're, there's probably going to be like three documentaries that, that come out around the same time telling you about instances where this really happened. I just, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all because it seems very, um, very believable to me.
7: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's definitely. Social media. Oh, I'm
8: sorry,
0: go ahead. No, go for it, Brady.
8: Oh, sorry. yeah, no. And I was just wanted to add, it's so crazy how far social media has come. Because I remember back when I was like, 14 years old, my face had first come out. And then now, like, everything else, like Facebook, YouTube, it's crazy how social media has become such a normal part of everyone's lives. Um, and I think I really feel that this you know, social media also helps people, a lot of people um, propel the same. So, this film just really just showcases how that happens because, you know, Bailey's very popular. So, <laughs> yeah. on that website, speaker. <laughs> so, um, yeah. it, it just showcases the power of social media.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, it's
1: interesting because actually, uh, when I started the shows, was 2005. So, it was actually predates podcasts. It was called, like, Internet Radio. And uh, a listener of the show was like, oh, there's this new site, uh, Facebook. You guys should put something on there. And I was just like, ah, whatever that is. And he's like, well, do you mind if I make one for you? I was like, yeah, that's fine. And so, you know, that's how it will. <laughs> and I didn't use it for years. And then it was sitting there. And I was like, oh. Then it started to blow up. So I was like, oh, we have one. So I might as well start using it. <laughs> it's
3: thing, crazy. Now,
7: now, now Facebook is, like, the outdated thing. Now Instagram and Twitter are, like, the right. new things that people are doing and, and facebook is like slowly starting to move out it's insane that you know it keeps like moving on and i'm like there's too many platforms i need to find me just right one <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <like> yeah,
8: <laughs> like as, yeah as
0: somebody who's like you go ahead.
8: oh okay sorry about that um yeah no i i oh, was just go gonna ahead. say i never thought i'd see the day that my face would die because i remember when i was like gosh, probably like 14, 15, MySpace took over the world and then Facebook killed it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's actually very close. That's pretty much what I was going to say, except uh, I'm a little bit older than than all these guys. And uh, I mean, I, I literally uh, can remember being at uh, oh, a job in my early 20s, sitting down and, and, you know, just going, oh my God, you can type in whatever.com and there's there's already <laughs> something. I mean, from that point, to now where it's like oh I gotta have uh oh man should I get rid of snapchat no I need to keep snapchat because these two people but and then you know do I have well I gotta get like update my bitmoji and like how am I gonna you know, I gotta like <laughs> use it. I mean so, you know which i become a monster with obviously but it's just uh it's sur- it, that and it's like life is so surreal from the perspective of someone who's 43 going what like what I, I you know this we went from here to here and it's a dizzying um but but you know there you are you're just like already doing all this stuff so
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i'm 42 so uh, i probably have the same exact right there
0: with me sake. right yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. some yeah. of the, the the real early shows a lot of the guests i booked off of MySpace. like i talked to adam green and then, hey you want to come on yeah. the show that is awesome
8: yeah that is so that
1: cool that is real cool
3: <laughs> and then
1: uh so there, <laughs> this is a true story one of the guests from from a, from a a few years ago was well, probably more than a few years ago now uh tom Matthews, who at the time wasn't doing any interviews but uh he was my uh f- my my um farmville uh neighbor i
3: remember <laughs> farmville <laughs>
1: and uh, that's how i got him to do the show because uh, we, we were farmville neighbors
7: nice. oh my goodness farmville i totally forgot about that <laughs> i remember nice. that game
8: that game in mafia wars
7: <laughs>
3: mafia wars yes
0: <Yeah. laughs> yeah. yeah. mafia,
8: mafia wars, wars. Yep. <laughs> some OG stuff right there.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. it's a great way to just like start pestering your friends right away. So they're like, what are you doing? I'm not going to play Mafia Wars with you, man. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah.
0: That, be, yeah
1: people it. thought they'd start unfriending you because you'd send too yeah. <laughs> many uh,
3: requests for games. <laughs> <laughs> it's so real. It's so real. Oh,
1: the God, the my, and the MySpace at the top eight, where you. Some people get mad if you weren't like in their top in your top eight friends.
3: <gasps> yeah, I remember that
8: <laughs> high school drama for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, mean, I
1: I tried to log in there recently just to see what like if it was still there. I couldn't even figure out how to to log into the site anymore. I
8: know. It's I know so it's different. I think, yeah, it doesn't seem to, like
1: yeah, it's like there, but it's just like a picture of me. I I can't No, <laughs> 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 oh, I do like what
0: happened what happened to all, like, my floating uh, text on a black background and, like, I had, like, a pet bat or something, all these weird...
1: Yeah, you had to, you know, like, learn HTML code to, like, uh, build <laughs> up your mice.
0: I had the worst. I had, like, a nightmare page. It was terrible. <laughs> not, not in a cool way.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so are, you, are you all going to try to make it to the uh, to genre blast? Are you going to be there?
7: I'm I'm going to try and come out. Yeah.
0: I I wish I'd love to be there. I cannot, I cannot get to genre blast, but I'm hoping to get to everything that I can get to after that, which I'm hoping is going to be a bunch of stuff, obviously. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know, but I'm, I'm confident we'll, we'll do some stuff.
8: I'm sad because I'll be in England at the time. I'm just I'm going on vacation to England, and so at that time, I'll just be getting back from the United Kingdom. So I'm like, no, I won't be able to go. I'm so sad, but I'm definitely going to make it to the L.A. premiere because I live in L.A., so I'm mm-hmm. um, really excited about that. Yeah, I wish I could go to the premiere in Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> sad face. <day.
1: laughs> uh, when are you going to England?
8: Oh, I leave in two weeks. I'm so excited.
1: Oh right. nice. well, yeah, that's odd. I, I'm going to England at August twenty second. I
8: read that. I read that, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh no way! I'm gonna maybe run into. It. I'm going to England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. So, oh, it's a dream come true. Nice. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. How about you?
1: Uh, well, I'm going to London primarily because I'm going to be uh, press for um, for Fright Fest, the film festival. But uh, I'm also going to go around England because I've never been. I've never been there, so. Uh, we uh, my friend Jason and I are trying to make some plans here for what we're gonna do.
0: Mm.
8: Nice, nice. But, pretty but, uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, I've never can't been... go
0: wrong. In, can't go wrong in London, man. There's so much, so uh, yeah. There's, there's so much, so much, to, much do. to do. <laughs> city, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely looking I'm forward so
8: excited.
1: to it. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, for, for Brandy and uh, Amanda, were, were those real people in the streets of Hollywood? Uh, like the little montage well, of you haven't seen the movie, there's a montage of people in, in the streets of Hollywood.
7: Yeah, they yeah. were real people, <laughs> they were real people. <laughs> so, they we were, were people. <laughs>
8: interviewing, right? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it was so fun. It was so fun watching. Yeah. I thought I was it
7: crazy, was, it
8: was the yeah. No, Amanda was because like <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be so scared to go up to unsuspecting people. And yeah, I know she was great at it. And yeah, that was fun. I remember oh. that that day, was it kind of a hot day that day? I don't remember.
7: <laughs> yeah, it was really hot. It was, yeah, it was pretty bad.
8: Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I think you're right. Yeah. And it was in December too. So LA or December in LA, it's going to be 90 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: How long was the shoot? How long did it take to make the movie?
7: I think it was about two weeks. Was that yeah, right? it was about know. two weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it was
8: it was about yeah, it was about two weeks. And um but it goes by fast, definitely. It goes by And fast. they,
7: Michael and Sophia were like very, you know, on top of the schedule. Like we had to, you know, we were we had a time limit, so we really had to make sure that we were getting things done efficiently and they were really great at Making sure that everything was going smoothly, mm-hmm. yeah, they
3: were
8: very very, very super organized um, so it made everything easier on the rest of the crew and us actors because of their you know intense great organization skills so yeah, they they mm-hmm. rocked it <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah uh, since they did bail on us to go see uh, um, Amityville Three, <laughs> is there any dirt you can give me on on Michael or, or Sophia? I'm just kidding. Oh,
0: God. <laughs>
7: I mean I feel like you guys uh, know them better than I do. <laughs> I
0: mean um I will say that oh god. Oh god. I will say that uh Sophia is literally at like if there was a I know that I know that LA is a little bit burned out on superheroes right now, but if there were a superhero whose whose superpower was consumption of caffeine, <laughs> I think that Sophia would literally be the personification of that character. I've it is it is astounding there was one point where I swear I would swear on a stack of Bibles or I mean or whatever I mean pick a book really but uh, that that there was a moment where she actually had a copy pot in each hand and tried to fill one with the other Um, but she definitely was mobile with a copy pot in one hand and cup in the other
3: for several hours on
0: multiple occasions it was and I mean you know we would shoot there were long shoots um, I'm living on the set. Brandy was living on the set for part of the time. There were long shoots, and they were uh, these guys would sleep for maybe an hour. They they shoot till late at night, go home, download stuff, sleep for maybe an hour, and be right back. So it's like I, I'm always I'm I'm always amazed that they can survive these these projects. Um, it's astounding. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Michael I know always says that he always warns everyone not to make movies. He says. It's a terrible idea, but <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Yes,
8: it's, it's incre- yeah, it's, it's so rewarding, but yes, you definitely have to have about 65 pots of coffee to keep your energy up. Um, Cause yeah, it's definitely one of the most tiring, exhausting things in the world, but it's also so
7: Wait, rewarding. Wait, but you guys can't forget they had the best snacks on set too. Like literally they yeah. had the best snacks too that's true they have everything you, you could ever after. want
1: that was great <laughs> well now i have to be on set just for the snacks
7: I know they're oh, excellent yeah. snack pickers I feel like yeah, we had LA we...
0: Nope.
3: Oh, talk about the...
0: <laughs> talk... tell them about the pizza the pizza was delicious
8: oh it was so good I ate like 500 slices <laughs>
7: I'm a little biased because I'm from New York, so I I can't say that L.A. pizza is better than New York
3: pizza. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to. Yeah.
1: I've been I've been to L.A. and I'm I'm from uh, from Massachusetts, so uh, but uh, I have to agree. I don't, I don't know about the L.A.
0: pizza. But... I just <laughs> like that it got it got more evil each each day. So like one day I think it was like purgatory or something, and then the oh Lucifer's
7: day, it was like de- pizza. Yeah, that was, was good. Pizza.
0: So it was like oh, it just kept so descending good. into hell. <laughs> <laughs> it felt appropriate to like things. Yeah, so. yeah. So pretty amazing.
8: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that pizza was good. I mean, I'm I was born. I'm an <laughs> LA native. I was born and raised in LA, so I I guess I can't compare the pizza sure. to East Coast pizza yet. <laughs> so <laughs> now, but from what everyone else says, I've got to try it now and then make the comparison. <laughs>
0: right, right, it's really just the evilness that I was focusing on, but.
3: Yeah. Cool
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to ask you guys, what you thought of the music in the movie, but I, but you haven't seen it. But I'll let you guys know that the music is great in the movie, and it, it really fits. Uh, it fits the film, so it's another something you guys can look forward to.
0: Is oh, there
3: yeah.
0: a, uh, a soundtrack by <laughs> Is there like night kisses again? Because if there's Catherine Capozzi uh, involved again, it's it's. I mean, which I think she is. If, their their instrument- uh, their incidental stuff is always amazing
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah actually all the all the all the sound there's a lot of uh some like funny sound effects, but uh just the sound in general is very good in the movie
7: nice so I always I say that sound is like the most important thing if a movie has good sound it it should be it should be good <laughs> if it has bad sound though it could really ruin a movie so
1: yeah i i do think that's something that's overlooked a lot uh in independent movies mm-hmm. is, is the sound
7: yeah, for sure. It can really make a movie seem, like, very professional or very amateur very quickly. So it, it, I feel like it's very important to focus on that.
1: And mm. I think uh, lighting, like interesting lighting, can add a lot of uh, production value
3: to something.
8: Oh, yes. Agreed. Definitely. Agreed. The lighting was so good from what I saw in the trailer. I mean, mm. the whole crew were just pros. They were, oh, man, they, they got the best of the best. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's true. It's true. Mm-hmm.
0: There were magic yeah. moments too that, that occurred. It's just—I mean—I can't say anything else, but there was some magic stuff that happened. So.
3: Yeah,
1: I well, hope everyone—hope oh, yeah. uh, uh, everyone gets to see it when it's a uh, festival run, cause it's very cool to see it on the big screen, if possible. But uh, and if not, you can see it uh, next year, hopefully when it's out on uh, video on demand <laughs> or DVD or Blu-ray or uh, however people see them. But uh, how yeah. can everyone? how can everyone follow you guys not like to your house or anything but like uh, how can we follow <laughs> you guys online see see what you're up to we'll start with uh, amanda
7: um you guys can follow me on instagram that's my main platform that i use I'm, my handle is amanda cs1 um and i post all of my my new stuff that's coming up there so that's where you guys can check me out
1: cool brandy
7: Yes, um oh gosh, I have
8: everything. <laughs> um I'm I'm ashamed at how addicted to social media I am. <laughs> um I have two Instagrams. One Instagram is like my regular kind of like professional actor Instagram and then my other Instagram is where I post um, my comedy sketches. So my regular Instagram is, uh, Pixie Brandy. And then my other comedy Instagram is, um, wild child Brandy comedy. I'm on Twitter, um, under just my name, Brandy Aguilar. And then I'm on YouTube. You just, uh, I post my comedy sketches up there under the name weird Brandy. And then, um, I feel like I'm, oh, Facebook, just official Brandy Aguilar.
1: (laughs) Cool. I'm going to check out your, I didn't know you did that, uh, comedy sketches. I'm interested in watching those.
8: Oh, cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, that would be great. I have so much fun making those. That would mean a lot to me. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, how about Seth? How can people follow you?
0: Hey, man, uh, you can uh, follow me on Facebook. Uh, I have a uh, like a persona page, uh, Seth Chatfield, my actual name. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that's... Uh, like I'm, I'm actually working on uh, making my own film right now because I didn't take Mike's advice like an idiot. Uh, so <laughs> I'm working on that short of film. Follow, there's some info about that. He's totally right. Six years off, right away. It's gonna be great though. Um, and then uh, uh, just other, I also do uh, um, uh, pretty consistent uh, sketch comedy for the past couple of years with a uh, pretty amazing. um, a uh, woman, uh, Tony Naj, who who writes and directs and produces all of this, like just so much wonderful content at uh, CaveLightProductions dot com, and uh, I mean I repost all of it there on on uh, the Seth Chatfield Facebook page as well, and I use other stuff, but that's I prefer to just do that one for, uh, you know, mm-hmm. talking to everyone
1: and stuff. Sure, cool. I did not I know you did that either, so I'm gonna I'll check out your stuff as well. Nice. What's, the, nice. what's, what's the movie you're making? What, what's it about?
0: Um, it's a uh, short film uh, based on a script by a guy named uh, Troy Minkowski, uh, a guy who I just sort of encountered actually through social media, which is really awesome. Uh, I can't say too much about it yet. We're in pre-production. We've got a lot of the cast together and some of the uh, crew is coming together. Um, it's going to be a short. It'll be... Um, It'll be a little bit darkly comedic. It'll be a little bit existential. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. It's kind of like a um, a chance encounter, uh, you know, and some uh, miscommunication leads to a chain of events type of thing. Um, it'll be pretty great. Very cool. Called, Looking it's, forward to for it. All right. Yeah. Very
1: cool. Well, I appreciate all three of you being on tonight. It was a lot of fun talking to you, and I really do enjoy the movie. Uh oh, so
7: good. So Thanks for having us. <laughs> Yes,
8: thanks for
7: having
1: us. You're very welcome. Thank you all for coming on. All
3: right.
8: (laughs) Thank you.
3: Bye guys. Bye, everybody.
8: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, watch the movie when it comes out, guys. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be freaking cool.
3: Yeah.
8: Yeah. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you. You guys are very welcome.
3: Some of you make lies, some of you This is blood It is a in time do
0: From Terrifier, and this is
1: without your head. All right, and we're back here. At the station of decapitation with that trade. I'm still nasty Neil,
4: And I think that would make me terrible, Troy. It would indeed. It's good to have you here, Troy. Why, thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah. And I've got some news here. I just I just pulled this up. Oh, oh, hit me with it. We need some good news. Is it good news? I don't even know.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Craven the Hunter movie, officially in the works. What? what, I could be kind of
4: badass.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. I think it... I hope it's... I don't know if it's part of the Marvel.
4: Oh, no. It might be like Venom. It's still part of... Yeah, because it mentions
1: Venom and Morbius here.
4: Oh, no. Mm-hmm. So they're going to try to do their little super group, and it's going to be Marvel's, you know, uh, Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a waste of Tom Hardy. Now watch, they're going to have somebody great as Craven the Hunter, too.
1: Yeah, that sucks. Because I saw that the new Spider-Man one, that one of the villains, it probably won't be the main villain, but one of the villains is the chameleon.
4: Oh sweet!
1: Which is uh, apparently Craven's half brother.
4: Yep, yep.
1: So I wonder if they're like trying to put this out in case they wanted Craven to be in the other. I don't know.
4: Man, I don't know. Sense. I know. Yeah. If that was the cinematic universe, I'd be so happy.
1: Yeah, and it's very strange. Like, it, like with the Venom one, if it's his own movie, like Craven the Hunter, just in a movie, he's not like in a Spider Man.
4: I know, yeah. The, I think they're giving Craven a little too much credit. Cause...
1: Yeah, because he's not... You know, the Venom one I don't think makes sense, but just because he should be in Spider-Man first for, like, the origin, but right. it makes sense just because he is a... He's a big enough character that I think can, could have his own movie. Right, absolutely.
4: Yeah, everybody, e- even people that aren't necessarily, like, you know, big comic geeks, you know, most of them know... Uh, who Venom is, you know, or at least know the look. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and even if you didn't know him, it would be a cool look and everything, too. Yeah,
4: and even yeah. from that crappy Spider-Man movie, Part 3, there,
1: Yeah.
4: you know, like, I think, doesn't he make the scene in that?
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: He's the annoying kid from uh, that 70s show, which mm-hmm. like, the worst person to be Venom <laughs> ever.
1: Uh, yes, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't really understand the idea of uh, making these movies uh, that are based around the villains either.
4: No. That, like I said, the only thing I can think of is to try to... And, and why would Marvel ever want to try to go the route of DC movies is beyond me. Yeah. So
1: yeah, I don't know. Because I, th- I always thought if they did uh, crave it in the Spider-Man, I think that would be a great villain.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be a tremendous guy to have. <laughs>
1: And but uh, you could do the. not now. I always thought like they should have him as like the second villain, maybe in one movie, and then the next one it would be all him and be the final hunt or something.
4: Oh, that'd be awesome! Yeah, that, that's that's a great like you know Mike Zack story.
1: Yeah, because you couldn't just. I don't think it'd be weird if you just did that right off. But if right. you established him as a character, then did that.
4: Yeah, you're right. You're right. If they um. Just started with him and then, you know, tried to get people to figure out who the hell he was, mm-hmm. you know, and then jump right into it. Then it, it, they might have problems. Yeah. Like, I think they will with that movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I've only watched one episode, but I I really am into to Castle Rock.
4: What What is it, Neil? I'm sorry. Oh, Castle, Castle Rock. Rock yeah. yeah. On Hulu. Yeah, man, Very i got to cool get Hulu. I, I haven't watched any of those on that.
1: Yeah, I got it specifically to watch it. Oh, awesome. It's
4: but least, I, I bet there's a ton of other good stuff on there.
1: Yeah, it's like 7 a month, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. I think they have uh, four episodes up now. They had three, I think, originally. I think they just added one. So I don't think it's like Netflix where they just add them all at once, which oh, okay. kind of makes more sense to me. But uh, Yeah, in
4: a way, that's, that's better, because then, you know, I, I, and I love to binge watch, don't get me sure. wrong, but you know, there's, it's kind of neat to have to wait and see what's going to happen on things.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it was very cool. And, and so, uh,
4: I knew right away cause they show like,
1: uh, the up close of like the name tag on this guy. So I'm like, well, this has to mean something. And hmm. I haven't read a lot of kink books. So I pulled up kind of a cheat sheet. It was like all the, all the characters who they are, you know?
4: Oh, that's kind of cool.
1: It's to right away. There's like a uh, there's like a, there's some characters from Needful Things. Nice. And an uh, the, the obvious one is the uh, is uh, Shawshank is a big part of the, the story. Uh-huh. And so I'm not sure what who else is is in it, but I know it's Shawshank and uh, people from Needful
4: Things. Is um any of the people from Shawshank like? is it any of the characters that you you've met like you know in the movie and or the book?
1: No. Oh, okay. It's not. So it's like kind of original. I believe it's original stuff.
4: Oh, that's pretty cool though. So like they so they just keep in the settings in.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of neat cuz it's like this whole this whole town is the area of uh of the uh you know where all kings like stories take place.
4: Oh yeah, that's pretty awesome then. There was a dog. I don't
1: know if that was what kind of dog is uh, Cujo in, in the original. Um.
4: Oh God, I think he's a big Saint Bernard, I believe.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, that probably wasn't him then. But you know, there was a dog. I didn't know if that like then going to end up being Cujo or what. But oh, okay. It could just be put in there to make people think that too. At the same time. Yeah.
4: Yep. What what kind of dog was it, do you know?
1: It was like a f- big friendly dog, but I don't think it was a Saint Bernard. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I really loved it. Uh, it's got it's got a good uh, feeling. It's got a really good feel to it. Good cast. Oh man, I
4: can't wait to see it but, now. Uh,
1: very cool the guy who plays uh it is a Pennywise,
4: is a big role in it. Oh no way. Yeah what's he like without the clown makeup I don't know if I've seen him in anything it's
1: else. really weird because there's there's angles and and like looks he gives the camera and you could totally tell he's pennywise uh-huh. and then other times like you you know you don't but he's a uh, really right. tall lanky guy yeah
4: I didn't realize Emma's so running the family yeah I think all the scars guards are like six four or something like that yeah I didn't realize he was such a tall dude.
1: I guess they don't want to think about it. He is pretty. He looks tall as Pennywise, but at the same time, he's there with kids and stuff. So you can't. You don't really. Yeah, think.
4: and a lot of the times he's kind of hunched over, like you know, he's got that lurky thing going on.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I definitely uh, recommend uh, checking that out.
4: All right, I definitely will. That sounds awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, Barbara Crampton uh, was talking here about uh, they're doing a new Castle Freak. No, no way. Yeah, a reimagining of, uh, of Castleford. That's a, that's a really good movie.
4: I haven't seen it in years. I used to love it.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it a long time either, but I always liked it too. Yeah. Those full moon full moon movies that are great, I think.
4: Oh, yeah, they're the balls. Is, um, oh, what's his name? uh,
1: Cool. And they're just, they're just writing it now, so I don't know oh, okay. what's
4: going on here. So she's the only one like that that's mentioned in it or
1: Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Because uh they just did another old um because it's not a sequel, they just like basically <laughs> remade uh, Puppet Master. Oh
4: wow. Oh, so I wonder if they're gonna like you know try to bring back all those old ones like that.
1: Yeah, um I read a review of it and the guy didn't like it. And I could understand why reading it, but at the same time, it also made me interested in seeing it. Oh. He said it was—it's a very—he said it's very mean spirited, mm-hmm. like it's a real—it's a much darker uh, version of them, where the other ones are more lighthearted. You know, honestly though, the the first couple aren't that lighthearted. The first movie, Oh, no, they're not. <laughs> I think later on they kind of become comedies, but the uh, the first one isn't. It's pretty dark.
4: Oh yeah, and the puppets are all pretty pretty evil critters and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know what he's saying, but yeah, but the thing is too, they're used uh by uh by Nazis in this one so like they're killing gay people and stuff, but Oh wow. So I have to see it myself to really Yeah. know what I think about it. But it is going to be at um it's at a uh, Freightfest coming up in uh, England. Oh nice.
4: So you're going to get a chance to see it early.
1: That's yeah. great. Uh, Hereditary. They're doing a sequel to it. Oh wow! I was not. I was not a fan, but most people loved it. Well, it's weird. I think people who loved it or they hated it. Yeah, I kind of what it.
4: I heard, Neil. That's yeah. that's the same.
1: I, I can't say I hate it because I did think it was well made,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, for the most parts, well, I, and there's there's cool visuals, but I just didn't think it was very good.
4: Mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't say. Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't like the idea of people, like, telling you you don't like something, though, because you don't get it. Like, I understood the movie. I just didn't think it was
4: good. <laughs> yep, exactly. I don't... I, I, I'm not not liking that trend, either. It's like, you know... Well, there's still also the possibility I didn't like it because either, A, it wasn't good, or it just didn't appeal to me.
5: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's become a trend these... Li- just recently... Yep. I think really since Mother
4: Yeah, Mother was the first one that I saw That like, you had that strange Almost like Bully mentality of people like Well, you know If you didn't like it, then you're a moron You just didn't understand it mm-hmm. Like, well, no, that's not Quite it either, you know It's just I just didn't like it It was kind of dumb Yeah,
1: I, I really disliked Mother I thought that yeah. was just an awful movie
4: yeah, I don't know about this one. Like I said, you know, I haven't seen it.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say it's awful. I just didn't think it was very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Terminator 3D, which has uh, Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Nice. I'm very excited about this.
4: Yeah, i definitely check that out.
1: I, I, You know, I even like the a lot of the Terminator movies that people don't like. Like, I don't yep. think 3 is that bad. I think it's all right. It's definitely not as good as 1 or 2, but... And then I thought the
4: fourth one was actually very good that people a lot of people hated. Which one was the fourth one? Was that the one with Christian Bale? Yeah. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it was a pretty really you know, yeah. really good movie.
1: Oh then they did one after that too, didn't they? That one I didn't care for too well.
4: Yeah, I don't think the I other saw one on that hard. one either.
1: Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too big on it.
4: But no, I, I didn't did hate it. Christian Bale.
1: Yeah I did too. That seemed like and and the T V series was very good.
4: Was that no and I didn't get a chance to see that one either.
1: Yeah, that was, that was surprisingly good.
4: Did it not last long?
1: Two seasons, I believe. Oh okay. So uh Max Landis, who's uh doing the remake of American Werewolf in London.
4: Oh yeah, yep. Yeah.
1: He's uh teasing now he also wants to do a remake of Creature from the Black Lagoon.
4: Oh, this guy's why? getting
1: kind of ahead of himself, though. It's like, "I'm like a-
4: I'm the man. He's
1: going to remake all these great movies.
4: And then I'm going to make King Kong, and then I'll probably do Frankenstein.
1: <laughs> it's like, It's Why do you wait and see what you're... The American Werewolf of London one I just don't even get. I can actually see a, a remake of Creature from the Black Lagoon, because it is, you know, 60 years old. Mm.
4: But it so- still holds up, I mean. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah. It would just be so strange, but, mm-hmm. but you're right. Like the timing, you know, you can understand the black and white and some people just won't watch a black and white play. Yeah,
1: At least, at least that makes sense to me. I don't necessarily think it would be good or anything. Right. And especially now, right after they did, uh, the shape of water, which I really think is, his, you know, creatures from the black Lagoon.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: But American World in London is like, it's contemporary, and I don't think you could. You you're not going to be able to beat the uh, the effects.
4: No, no.
1: And I don't think you'll be able to beat the performances. so I don't really know what the point is.
4: No, I don't. Yeah, I don't see what what there is to gain from this.
1: Yeah, when you watch a movie, what do you? The, the only thing that I that I would say you could improve on is the look of the actual werewolf. Uh-huh. But it's not even really a big part of the movie. The the, the transformation is the is the part. Oh of yeah,
4: it. yep, that's a trip.
1: But besides that, like I well, you know, when you look at something, you, th- you would if you want to remake it, be like either I could do this better or I could do something different with it. Yep. So either you're going to do something completely different with it, which I, I, again I don't know why. This <laughs> yeah. Is, let's make another werewolf movie.
4: You know. It's not related because you're not going to do it better. No. Yeah, this one, this one boggles my mind. Like, I think this is well. My daddy said I could make, you know, remake his movie.
1: Yeah, and I don't. So think that's he's what I'm going to do. I don't think he's really like uh, for it either.
4: No, it didn't sound it. It didn't sound like he was. Uh,
1: when you like feel like too kind of- keen on that. <laughs> I'd feel awful remaking my dad's movie, too, that he's, like, known for.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, it's very
1: strange. Yep,
4: yeah. and especially when it's, like, such a dynamite movie. Like, like let's say, like, Landis didn't have any money, and, sure. you know, he made it, and he was like, shit, that's the movie that I always regretted. I always wanted to go back and, you know, make it a better movie. But, no, it's not that way. hmm it's great the way it is. Like, why would you mess with it? Yeah. Yeah, it's just perfect. I don't know. Yep. That's I just think it, somebody looking to, you know, make some money off their old man. It's, it's
1: weird, too, because a lot of people don't want to be in the shadow of their father. So you think you would go out of your way and make something completely original.
4: Oh, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, I don't uh This one just... I'm baffled on every possible way.
1: Yeah, I don't get it. So uh, I read here on Arrow in the Head that uh, Frank Miller regained the Sin City film and television rights. Oh, sweet. Which I'm very excited about. I, I, the f- first Sin City, I think, is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yep. And the second one, like, I really can't find any faults with it. But for some reason, I just didn't like it as good.
4: Yeah, I it's, still like it's, it's it. not as good. Right, right. but. Mm-hmm. It does have its moments, and, like, you know, it still has that great look to it. And I didn't know, like, he had any intentions of, like, doing it as, as like, a series.
1: No, I didn't either. It's a perfect movie
4: to do a series of. Oh, my God, yeah. Yep. Yeah, because, like, I, I don't know how many comics Miller did of it. Like, was it a long series?
1: Yeah, because I have all the graphic novels. I think there's six graphic novels, but the graphic novels are, you know, each one's like... Ten comics or something, or
4: five.
1: Yes, I think there's enough to do like a few seasons anyway.
4: Oh, yeah. I'm sure Miller could write some more or they get somebody else to write some more. Yeah,
1: sure, yeah. Especially since he has the rights to it, then.
4: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Good for him. Because I always liked Frank Miller as a writer. I always... Thought he was one of the better writers in comics. Yeah. So this
1: is crazy. Um, so they're doing the a Joker movie. I think they're doing two Joker movies. They're doing one with Jared Leto, which I have no interest in. Yeah. And then they're doing one with Joaquin Phoenix, which I am interested in because I think he's a very good actor. Yeah. Although it is the origin story, which I don't really think you should do for Joker, but I do think you no, I don't a good think
4: actor. you need that, you know.
1: Yeah, and so this added to the cast was Robert De Niro. No way.
4: Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I wonder what he's gonna do in it. I don't know. He'd be a cool like Commissioner Gordon or somebody like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's uh, yeah. uh, Weird. I never. I loved De Niro. uh, Mm. Stuff. Uh, I can't. I guess you know he's made some weird choices, (laughs) but. It is weird to think of Robert De Niro in a comic book movie.
4: Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, uh, at least it's got more potential than, uh, do you remember when um, Pacino starred in that awful, uh, Oh, what was his movie? It was uh, Dick Tracy.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. That's, I've seen people now on Facebook, they're like, you know it's you know twenty two years since they're no. or I don't know what it was. I'm like. Come on, that movie's
4: shits. Yeah, some people remember it fondly.
1: Yeah, I'm like I'd come. You know, come uh. on, well that was that was just terrible. Oh yeah, I've got to say this. I might have said this on the show before. I don't care. I'm gonna say it again. These like arbitrary, uh, you know, anniversaries just stop. You're killing off movie <laughs> anniversaries. Yep. You don't celebrate the 12th or the 27th or the 32nd. Now if it's your own movie, sure. But stop and think about this. If we're if we're if you're going to celebrate the the every anniversary every year you're going to do this. So every single year you're going to say it's the you know the oh now it's the 27th anniversary of uh, of Dick Tracy. People, yep. You know, if you said it's the 30th, the 35th, it's still a shit movie. Yeah. <laughs> so at least, like, every five years you can celebrate. But if you can't celebrate every movie ever made every single year.
4: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, I You summed that up perfectly. It's uh, this arbitrary celebration. Because then I, I kind of did a little spoof of that on Facebook, and I put up the It was the 20, I think it was 27 weeks since uh, (laughs) The Shape of Water had come out. Uh. Or maybe, no, it was 29. I'm sorry. I want to be accurate. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's just about the same kind of buzz you should get for something that's, Uh. it's its 12th anniversary or its 23rd anniversary or something like that. Yeah,
1: just every five years, it's cool. Yep. then it's special, but if it's every single year, for every movie that's ever been made, stuff like Dick Tracy and
4: yep. uh, just like total rubbish films. We see, and that's what made things special, like Disney figured that out, because with their animated things, they'd release some I forget what it was like on DVD, like it would be every
1: 10 years or something like that. Sure, 10 years, that's good. You every know.
4: decade. Yeah, I think that's what how they do it. Maybe it was five years, but once they'd release these things, then you wouldn't see them again for another ten years. Mm-hmm. So they it didn't put like,
1: out that now if you get the eleventh anniversary.
4: Yeah, now, now maybe they'll do that too. They'll be like, "Hey, Fantasia, it's seventy-eight years old." You know? mm-hmm. And now this it's just is the 70, <laughs> the seventy-eighth anniversary edition. Special features. It,
1: you go to someone's house, their whole house will just be filled with movies. It's like this is the tenth. This is the tenth anniversary edition. It's the eleventh. It's the twelfth. It's the thirteenth. Oh yeah, this is the fourteenth. The oh, yeah, the they added a commentary try. Then there's the fifteenth. There's the 16th. I mean, come on.
4: Yep. No, no, just stop. Yep, not nearly as special. And I know this from just recent experience because. Last week, uh, B&I, we had our 30th anniversary, mm-hmm. which was, you know, a lot more special than the 29th.
1: Sure, like, the 29th is cool, too. Yep, yep.
4: And you the would celebrate amongst great. yourselves,
1: but then the 30th, it's a big deal.
4: Yep. And you want, you know, ring some bells and stuff. Yeah, Ooh. it's a,
1: you, you do more for that than the 29th. Yep, Or exactly. the 31st. Yep stop being jackasses.
4: Yep, that's a trend that annoys the shit out of me, too.
1: Yeah, it probably annoys me more than it should, but I don't think it does. I don't think it's more than it should. Because nah, it's just it's now starting, annoying. and then just to think, uh, going forward, it's just going to be a madness. <laughs> yep, every movie ever continue. Made,
3: Yep.
1: Every year. we'll just, Oh, boy. it's a, Every year. I mean, you could say every day, you could probably list like a thousand movies.
4: Oh yeah.
1: Tenth, uh, I don't know, but not and and some sorry, not every movie needs needs reference. <laughs> Just because no. something old is old doesn't mean it's classic.
4: No, that's true. That is very true. There's a lot of like uh, well, you know, like anything. Like you could go back and say, you know, like all the great works of uh, Jack the King Kirby. Mm -hmm. But I don't think, you know, Devil Dinosaur probably isn't going to get the same bang, you know, that uh, Captain America does. You know, Fantastic Four, probably a little more important than Festus, the fighting fetus. (laughs) You know, I mean, Kirby had some crap, too.
0: But
1: but he made a
4: lot of shit, so.
1: All right. All right.
4: Pick and choose you. a little wiser, folks. You know, let's let's celebrate things that are worthy of celebration or at least that have lasted the test of time long enough to be celebrated. Mm-hmm.
1: And if you genuinely really like it, cool. But again, every five years.
4: Yep. Yeah, that should be like the unwritten rule. I
3: yeah.
4: think it had been for years and years and years and just recently. Mm-hmm. Some fool came along and said, "Well, you know, duh. Like I don't know. We don't, we don't have enough memes. Blank Man is my all-time favorite.
1: I, movie s- I'm not even kidding. I saw that out there. Someone was was sharing. No, you a, didn't. Yeah, it was like something anniversary. Of Blank Man. Like, come <laughs>
4: on. God, I think the Wayans would even want to forget that movie. <laughs> like white chicks. <laughs> God, whatever happened to Damon Wayans? Though, like, I don't know. remember he was like the most popular comic on the
1: planet for a while. Yeah, yeah, the all the Wayans were real pop, but yeah, he was yeah. the main. He was the he was the hottest of them. I yeah. don't mean, like, sexy wise, but he was
4: like the. I think he was the first guy to leave um, in living color. You,
1: you might know, be right, he
4: was, like the popular cat and stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You can do what you want to do and live in color.
4: That was a great show, though. It I was
1: a it. great show. Uh, it went downhill after everyone left. but
4: Oh, yeah. Well, I think once Keenan Ivory left, because he was pissed at the network or whatever, because they were yeah, yeah. taking out like all the funny shit from the show, then mm-hmm. it just went to hell. Yeah, As they usually do.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So what do I thank tonight? We had um, uh, the cast of Clickbait, the filmmakers of Clickbait, and uh, Bob Elmore returned. That was very cool.
4: Oh, Bob Elmore, one of, one of my favorite people. Yeah, Wish him all the best.
3: Yeah,
1: well, I did not know this, but uh, Bob, has, uh, has, um, he's married, and he has a new little child.
4: No kidding. Good for him. That's great.
1: Yeah, And he's got a contest that named the the little uh, to name his son. Really? Uh Uh-huh.
4: Is it? I I hope the, has the son been born yet? Uh,
1: I think it has. I think so. I'm not
4: sure. So it's just running around now and he's just calling it like, hey, you or something? I guess. guess, I,
1: I didn't think about this, but I believe so.
4: All right, I, I, I still love Bob, so that's uh, I
1: mean. yeah. So, and if, if you name his son, you get like a stuff, you get like a. I love this, I love this idea. Name my own name, my son. Oh, you, name <laughs> my son. you get like an autograph photo and stuff like that's awesome. It really that sounds is pretty
4: like badass, yeah.
1: It was pretty sweet. Uh, I saw a horror decor, they're putting out um. Yeah, wrestling fans out there remember wrestling buddies. You remember the wrestling buddies? Oh
4: yeah, the wrestling buddies were
1: the best. Uh they got horror buddies. No. And so they're like uh horror dudes, you know, like and uh but they're they're you know Big they're shaped
4: stuffed animals. Yeah, again? yeah. That's awesome. And so
1: they just put out the Uncle Horror Buddy and it's Skinless Frank from Hellraiser.
4: Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. What wow. uh,
1: that's a pretty neat idea. Yep. Seems like there is a big crossover between uh, wrestling fans and horror fans.
4: That's true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I see that more and more now, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's always been there, but I just didn't notice it.
1: Yeah. It's very true.
4: I uh, there's a
1: alternate logo without your head T-shirt you can buy on our uh, Amazon shop. Nice. Just go to Amazon and you search for "without your head." and There's a bunch of cool stuff up there. It's pretty nice. I would uh, recommend getting it. It's pretty Has sweet. How's one eye? Mm-hmm. And uh, now, in ca- if you in case you can't get enough of uh, "without your head" and "in your head" and hearing these interviews, uh, there's a new show, Troy in the uh, in the Headyverse. Tell me, tell me more, nasty one. So it's a inside your head. Ooh. And and the idea behind this is probably going to be, it's going to primarily be uh, interviews.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It won't be live and it won't be weekly. It'll probably maybe bi weekly or uh, depending on how often I do it. Yeah. But, uh, and the idea is uh, there's a lot of people I'd like to talk to that don't fit in the wrestling or the horror uh, world. And every once in a while we'd get non horror guests and some people were cool with it, some people aren't. And that's fine. I'm not going to say you're right or wrong. So, um, this other show will be the home for, for other interviews. And I plan to do, do them in series. And currently the, um, the first series, up first series was going to be game shows, but, um, uh, I did, just because of technical, not technical reasons, but, uh, where people can do the interviews, uh, instead, it's going to be, uh, the mob, mafia, uh, within entertainment. So, uh, nice. from, um, from films and TV. And uh, oh, that's awesome. So the first one is in is been recorded and it will go live possibly tomorrow. Ooh. And that is with Gianni Russo, Carlo Rizzi from The Godfather. And I have to I have to say it's an amazing interview.
4: I can't Except, wait for this one. I love the character and in, in the movie. mm mm-hmm. And
1: he talked about stuff I did not expect him to be talking about, especially uh, on you,
4: recording. Can you give us any hints, or do we have to tune in?
1: Well, I have a I have a thirty six second clip up of it where okay. he's openly talking about uh, shooting the shooting killing a man in a uh, in a casino in Vegas, shooting him in nice. the head. So, uh, you can hear about that. You can hear about uh, Marlon Brando. You can hear about how he actually did get the role in uh, in The Godfather because there's always a lot of speculation from that because he had no acting experience and he has like a major role in a <laughs> gigantic film. Yep. Uh, other murders, pre uh, beating murder raps, <laughs>
4: uh, <laughs> feud with James Caan. Well, so you can learn some stuff then.
1: Definitely, it's a really, it's really great interview. Uh, very proud of it, and I hope people uh, check it out.
4: I can't wait. Uh, as soon as you have it up, I'm going to check that bad boy out.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Uh, so, is there anything you want to talk about? I also want to uh, real quick too. You should always check out uh, watching movies on the website. So, if you listen to the podcast, you dig us. Uh, if you want to read some reviews by Jason Mitten, uh, he he does a bunch of them. Independent stuff, main you know, mainstream movies. He reviewed all the movies recently that were on the uh, the the final uh, drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs. Very oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, he did. That, there was a lot of movies.
4: Oh yeah,
1: I haven't even watched them all yet. And he, this man watched them all, then watched them again and reviewed them.
4: No, that's the, I'm telling you, the hardest working guy, like in in the world of criticism. I think you know. Mm-hmm. Just always, always hard at work, our man Jason. Yeah. Now, That's and I awesome. Think, I can't say enough, like, good things about him.
1: Yeah. And uh, I won't mention who or whoever, but, uh, you know, some people were, uh, there was someone who was upset about a review. And uh, I say, Jason does not share our thoughts. He, when We're all individuals here. That being said, we're 100% behind Jason. Oh, no way! But throwing them—yeah, not throwing them under the bus, saying, "Ah, that's Jason's idea." But uh, the the idea is that we all have our own minds, and we're all honest. We're not just going to say we love something just, you know, to be nice to to the horror community. Because if you do that, what's the point of reviewing anything if we just say we like everything?
4: Right, right. Then you're just, you know, ah, then you're worthless, basically. Right. Your opinion means nothing at that point in time. Yeah, so, And that's the thing, like, you know, I'll, I'll read Jason's stuff and he'll review a movie that I honestly, like, loved and he didn't like, but I'll read his review and I'll understand his point of view. Mm-hmm. But it's like anybody, I mean, you and I disagree on, a, a, you know, a hundred different movies.
1: Exactly, exactly. Exactly. And, when, and I'll like always
4: I said, respect your opinion as well.
1: Sure, exactly, exactly. I don't want to sound like we're throwing them under the bus, but I want people to know, you know, we're all individuals. We don't we don't have a mind, you know, we don't share one mind, so if one person doesn't like it, that doesn't necessarily mean uh, anyone else didn't like it. We but at the same face. time we don't. Exactly. And but we stand by, you know, whatever he thought the movie. I mean he yep, inexplicably absolutely. liked Leatherface. So I'm not going <laughs> I'm not gonna attack Jason for that. But <laughs>
4: But then you read his review and you understand his reasons for oh. liking it, you know. And, and the that's ones he doesn't, <laughs> yeah. And the ones he doesn't like, he's always honest, and he yep.
1: and he explains like he says the good stuff about
4: it. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Even movies that like I and and I'll be honest, like some movies I have a tough time getting through, and he'll always watch them to the finish and give his you know honest review about the entire thing. And sometimes he'll find. Good in things that like I didn't really give a chance to because like I hated it for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: So yeah, go check there. Uh, there's a bunch of new ones up there. Like I said, he he reviewed all the um, the movies from uh, from, from Joe, Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah. Yesterday, uh, the Euthanizer, which I've not seen. That sounds interesting. Hmm. No. Nope. Blackenstein. Blackenstein. The Black Frankenstein.
4: Well, it's a good thing they, they tell you that, because I, I wasn't sure.
1: Exactly. That's what, that's what I've said before. It's my favorite part of the movie. It's not very good, I admit. But the <laughs> says Blackenstein, and then the Black Frankenstein, just in case you didn't get the name. Well, how about
4: if you thought it was like the Black Roy Lichtenstein?
3: <laughs> like, oh, you know, I'll
4: the great that. painter. You well, might have been a little confused by that. You movie? went into the movie going, son of a bitch He didn't paint anything <laughs>
1: uh, Song of Solomon, which we'll have uh, Next week, the director And, and uh, one of the priests on here will be very cool AI Tales, Unfriended the Dark Web which, uh, Pretty interesting Hell, who we had uh, on the other week My boy Andre Oh sweet, yep American animals which he said was the really underrated movie
4: I don't think I've seen that one
1: I haven't either so that's a, a theaters
4: oh okay
1: very cool all right so anything
4: else there mr. Jones um uh, let me see let me see um oh I finished uh King's newest one I finished the outsider mm-hmm. really really enjoyed it and I heard uh, it's got some kind of movie thing going on, you know in the future. And it's, it's I think, the perfect uh, book to be translated into a movie. I think it'll make a very good movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's one of those cool ones that like there's a big swerve in the middle of the book, and it takes you in a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. It starts out as kind of like um, like a murder mystery. And then all kinds of crazy shit happens. Very cool. I will chill.
1: I have to start, uh, I say reading. So I, I haven't read a lot of Stephen King, but, uh,
4: but get the, you know, the audio. That,
1: books. Yeah. I'm an audio book man. Yeah. So yeah. I should do that. Catch up. I
4: know. I have a lot of listening to, do to do. Yeah. That's true.
1: That's cool.
4: But we've been, we've been watching so much stuff too, you know, the, um, I don't know if... Um, tick, tick, tick. I think since our last episode, uh, I think, uh, yeah, Luke Cage season two was already out on Netflix.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Have you watched it yet?
1: I have not. I'm, I'm behind on that, too. Okay. Just, you will Because uh, I, it, my brother. Yeah.
4: I'm looking forward to it. I, I've liked all, all of them. I even liked the ones people hated. So, You know what's funny? And then, like, because... When Luke Cage was coming up, I think I I rewatched. I did like a just a crazy stupid binge of like a lot of the other ones, Mm -hmm. and the one that everybody gives a lot of crap to, I rewatched. I watched the whole season of Iron Fist and liked it even more than I did the first time. I don't know where the Iron Fist hatred comes from.
1: Yeah, people really hate it.
4: Yeah. And I'm glad to see that they're doing a season two of that one, too. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I probably didn't um, like it as good as some of the other ones, but I still thought it was good.
4: Yeah, yep.
1: And I really liked the Defenders.
4: Yeah, I thought the Defenders was great.
1: They're just hateful.
4: (laughs) Yeah, people are filled with hatred. (laughs) Other than that, um, anything new on the horizon for movies? Anything we should go and check out, and give reviews of? Mm, that's a good question. Well, yeah, uh, the Meg's coming out
1: next week, I believe. Oh, sweet! That's awesome. Which uh, that's one that's got some hate online.
4: Yeah. I don't know.
1: I think it looks a lot of fun.
4: Oh yeah, yep. I think that one will be a good time. And I'm not even a big like Jason Statham guy. I, mean, I, like, I like a him. couple of I like movies with him, but. You know he's not anybody i i go out of my way to see a movie with yeah i like him
1: so but it's weird because he does a he he'll be in like these giant movies and then he'll be in like you know a bunch of like low budget <laughs> action movies and, that's true and i always i i don't know it's just
4: i think yeah, i like him no that's cool i i know a lot of people that like the guy you know
1: mm-hmm. Christopher Robbins opening this week my God.
4: <laughs> that one that one weirded me out just because like whoever's doing the voices on the uh on the on the Pooh characters is spot on though, I gotta say. Oh really? Have you seen the ads? No. Cause the guy that used to do Pooh's voice has to be dead. He you know, my God, mm-hmm. he's been do- he was doing that what, fifty, sixty years ago? Yeah. Um and Eeyore and Tigger and all those people. Well, Tigger, I think, was the guy that was the voice of, uh, oh, um, the Frosted Flakes Tiger. Tony the Tiger. Mm-hmm. So I know he's dead. And uh, so whoever's doing Tigger in this, like, whoever they got is doing some great voices. It's a lot better than the old days when... Uh, like when they'd redo some Warner Brothers things like in what's that Michael Jordan movie with uh with with the Looney Tunes characters mm. Space Jam. Oh okay yeah. When they did that and like oh my god whoever was doing the voices of the characters was terrible. So at least I'll give I'll give Disney props for like getting somebody that at least sounded like those characters. Yeah. The movie will probably suck, but at least the voices sound pretty good.
1: Uh, very cool. Yeah, so I'm not sure. I will,
4: uh, people out there, uh, if
1: you see anything cool coming out, uh, big, small, in between, send us
4: a link. Send yeah, us the definitely. news. We'll, talk about we'll, it here the we'll go check it out. Yeah. We will yeah, find yeah. it. Exactly. Here it'll find us. That's true. Neil might even travel to, like, England to find a movie. You never know.
1: It's uh, very true. A few weeks here. So uh, next week we'll be back with uh, people from uh, Song of Solomon.
4: That'll be oh, great. nice. That'll be a good time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think until uh, until next week, I think that's going to be a bit about it.
4: That's probably well, you know That's it for my end of the universe, Chief.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, this is Nasty
4: Neal. And this is Terrible Troy. And this was without your... <laughs> 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 Ed.
3: <Children's words laughs>